Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. 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 Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned.
Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Um, good morning, everyone. Um, welcome to all those attending this virtual Ottawa District Council Planning Committee meeting, and also to everyone listening in onto the broadcast. Before I start running through how I intend to run today's committee, I would just like to say a few words about a colleague, Councillor Stora, who unfortunately and tragically died suddenly. Um, just a few weeks ago. Councillor Stora was our colleague on this committee and we will miss his knowledge, his pinpoint accuracy at times and most of all we will miss him as, our, as a friend. So I, I would just like to take a minute to remember him. Thank you. Thank you. Um, we may, I'll start now by running through how I intend to run this today's committee. We may not be in the council chamber, but may I ask you either all to turn off your mobile phones or at least to put them on silent. Thank you. As we know, virtual meetings have now become a, more, a common experience. But public meetings such as this committee are business as usual. Therefore, it is important that we can continue to conduct ourselves in an orderly and professional manner. As you would imagine, there are regulations governing virtual meetings that state you must be able to hear and be heard. Therefore, shortly, I will ask our Democratic Service, Services Officer, Chris Gibson, to take a register so that those listening will know who is present today. 
As a reminder, please keep yourself on mute at all times when not speaking. This should prevent undue distraction from background noise. Mr Gibson, if you could call the register, please. Thank you. Thank you, Chair. Um, please indicate you're present when I call your name. Councillor Bagnall? Present. Councillor Caton? Present. Councillor Freeman? Present. Councillor LeCount? Present. Councillor Lemmer? Present. Councillor Light, who is subbing for Councillor Fairhurst? Yes, I'm here. Councillor Lockley? Councillor Merrifield? Present. Councillor Pavitt? Present. Councillor Reeve? Present. And Councillor Sutton? Present. Thank you, Chair. Thank you. Also, for those listening in, we have uh, various officers with us today. From Democratic Services, as we already know, we have Chris Gibson, Mr Chris Gibson. We have Ms Claire, Ms. Claire Edwards. From planning, we have Mr. Nigel Brown, Development Manager, Ms. Madeline Jones, Mr. Clive Theobald, Mr. William Allwood, Mr. Mark Sawyers, Mr. Martin Kranich, and Mr. Nathan Makwana. Sorry, Makana. Um, we also have from Legal Services, Ms. Elizabeth Smith. Um, if I hope I, I hope I haven't missed anybody else out. Please tell me if I have. Thank you. Uh, sorry, Jerry, just to clarify that she's not with us now, but Maria Shusnip will be joining us later in the afternoon. Thank you very, thank you very much, Mr. Brown. I'm sorry, Jerry, did you say William Allwood? Oh, I did not. I d or did I? I, I thought I did. You did, you did, you did. Thank you, thank you, Okay, thank you. Thank you. Um, also, for the um as with planning, as with all planning committees, our council officers have prepared reports on each of the planning applications before us today and have recommended whether each particular application should be either approved or refused. It is, however, for the planning committee members to assess the application and make the final decision. Today we have eight applications. For each application, I will ask the relevant officer to give a short presentation on the proposal, which will appear on our screens, outlining the reasons for the recommendation. I will then invite those of you who are registered to speak on the particular application to present your views. The applicant will then be given the opportunity to speak to their proposal and address any issues that have come up from other speakers or the officers report. Once we've gone through this, I will then open up the discussion to the planning committee members to make their points on the matter, to ask relevant questions of the officers before asking them to make a decision on the application. With the proposal to vote on whether the application should be approved, refused or deferred. With the exception of the vice chair, please do not speak unless I ask you to do so. To indicate that you wish to speak, please raise the blue hand next to your name on the white participants column on the right hand side of your screen. This will indicate you wish to speak to myself and Councillor Lemon, the Vice Chair. I will, each, I will take each request in order and will not accept anyone speaking out of turn unless raising a point of order, and only if valid. If not, you will be asked to raise your hand. Please only use the chat function at the bottom of the screen should you have to give your apologies to leave the meeting part of the way through or on your return. 
before we go to the first application, we need to take, um, take any apologies of absence. So, do we have any declarations of interest for this meeting today? Let me just get my participants up. Um, Councillor Freeman. Yes, I'm a member of the Sapperwarden Town Council and the ward, uh, which relates to item 10 on our agenda. What I'd like to do, Madam Chairman, is to speak to the matter and then I will leave the meeting and the committee can decide for now. Okay. I'll come back for the next item. Yes. Thank you very much, Councillor Freeman. And Councillor Reeve? Yes, a rather similar one. I'm a parish councillor of High Easter. And for agenda item five, uh, I also uh, intend to speak, but to recuse myself from discussion and voting. Thank you very much, Councillor Lee. Um, if there's no other declarations of interest, um, we need to. So the next item on the agenda is to agree the minutes of the previous, previous meeting. Are we all content? that the minutes of the previous meeting are accurate. Are there, is there any comments, or can I take it that they are all accurate? Councillor Light, you had your hand up, or was that you to say you were okay? Just, yeah, thank you, Chair. Just to say that I abstain from this, as I was not present. Right. No, Councillor Light, you were. You what? were at the last meeting. I was at the... Oh. You were council like that was the one last month. You were meeting have merged. I'm sorry. No, you were at that meeting yes. council light. Thank you. So you can you can you can vote on that. Council Bagwell, you've got sorry, you've got your hand up. Oh, and he seems to have frozen. <laughs> That's for unfortunate. We'll give him a we'll give him a second to see if he can come back in. Since he has his hand up. Oh, he's gone. He's gone out, and obviously trying to come back in again. But watch out for him, Miss Edwards. Miss Edwards. If um, these unfortunate failures connectivity do occur um, but they need to be limited please Chris if that's okay thank you Elizabeth yeah I've got, I've got that thank you Room chair is not back yet. No. Bear with us for a little bit longer. Absolutely. No, that's fine.
coming back, you just text. Trying to come back. We have in chair. Bear with me. Okay, thank you. It's a bit like watching a kettle boil. <laughs> Seems to be a long time. I've let him back in, so hopefully we're we're there in a minute, chair. Thank you very much. Sorry about that, chair. That's okay. I've had I my hand up just before the internet was cut off. I saw that. I said that, and you'd frozen on our screen. Yeah, sorry, you'd all frozen. C can I just quickly come yes. back on the... Yes, please do. That's what we were, we were waiting for you to Okay, uh, PC54, um, we talk about the um, the application um, Land Old Moon Road, Henham, uh, and we talk in the minutes about the, the fund for a footpath. Did we also not agree that the applicant would make the contributions to that fund? I, I thought we did. I thought we, rather than asking the application applicant to put the footpath in, we agreed that the application would make an, a, a contribution to a new footpath fund that we would set up. That was my understanding. Yeah, it was my understanding as well. Yeah. So the yes. minutes don't reflect the yeah. Uh, uh, contribution. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 sorry, Chairman. Yeah, the, the minutes say a footpath fund to be set up. Um, but I think Council Bank was probably right. We probably do need to specify, and <laughs> the applicant could put set up a fund and not contribute to it. <laughs> so yeah, I think yeah. I think yes, it was that was what was agreed. So yeah, I think we can we can we can certainly tidy that up to make it quite clear that the applicant will be making contributions to that fund as well. Thank you, Mr. Brown. Yeah, thank you for noticing that, Councillor Bagnall. So. With that changed, it's, we're, are we all content that the minutes are accurate now? No more dissension. So, again, I will get to come and sign all of the ones at some point. It'll take quite a while. I, I will expect a cup of coffee when I come along. Okay. Thank you. Moving on. We'll move on to agenda item um, three. The first...
very clear. Yeah, and this, all I can hear is an echo of me, isn't it, speaking, coming back. That appears to have stopped now. Um, can everybody make sure that they, they are, and those, that's the, including the, um, the, the, the speakers, make sure they have their, um, themselves on mute and not listening in either at the same time, if you could please, because it does cause problems with the recordings. Thank you. Okay. Thank you very much, Clark. Okay. Can you, you can hear me? Yes, we can, and we can, oh. see the, we can see the presentation as well. Thank you. Great, great. Okay. Um, right, this is for the proposal uh, for the erection of a new paint storage building, the removal of cladding and recladding of an existing storage building, the erection of a new car park with new hard and soft landscaping, and construction of new access road. The title of the application description has changed since the submission of the application uh, and this is to do with the relocation of the proposed storage building from the northern boundary of the site to the southern boundary of the site and as a consequence of that the uh, car park uh, has been included within the application as well as the, um, uh, the planting for, for the car park. Uh, the reference to the uh, construction of new service road uh, that is in the description as a retention of works for this application. Although, um, as will be explained, uh, the applicant um, is uh, willing to remove this access road as part of this application proposal. But for the uh, description, it's within the uh, proposal. Uh, just before I go on to the uh, presentation, we have received an email from the applicant's agent uh, this was received uh, yesterday afternoon, so we haven't had a chance to put this into some reps. So I shall read what it says in the context of one of the conditions on the uh, officer report to do with the times of usage of the proposed storage building. Uh, this has come in from the applicant. Uh, I shall read it verbatim. I think it's uh, necessary to do so. Uh, so I shall read it now. Um, quote, unquote, we have always worked a combination of hours within 7 o'clock in the morning until 4.30 in the afternoon. Where possible, we have always had the site closed at 4.30. This has been slightly more of a challenge this year due to our ability to be efficient. The above hours are normally stipulated, and this is for further condition, for extremely busy and noisy sites, such as building sites within highly populated residential areas. We are far from a noisy site. Hopefully the noise, uh, uh, hopefully the um, uh, residents have done some checks on us by now and they should be able to prove that. As a compromise, we can request that all deliveries are received within these times to reduce any noise outside of these hours. The noise, a local surrounding area, comes from the farm machinery, bird scarers, hunters and game shooters, the farmers work all hours throughout the night and day, etc., I think this restriction will cause us some serious problems. We will have to change our working hours, and this means we will have to put our staff into a consultation period to try and change all their working hours, huge cost and upset. 
all the long-standing members of staff, all the members especially, like these hours as they do not have to drive during the so-called rush hour. The members of staff that have family also like these hours. They have a reasonable work-life balance, especially in the summer, as they're able to spend quality time in the early evenings with their families. Uh, for us to change, their hours will be a nightmare. Uh, this will have a drastic effect on the way we as a business run. Therefore, please can you confirm that times can be adjusted to reflect what is already happening on the site and has been a, a well-established pattern. As I say, that's coming from the applicant uh, yesterday afternoon via the planning agent. So I move on with the slides. Uh, the, the site is uh, in a rural position on the northwest side of Roundbush Green, approximately halfway along Broadbridge Road, an unclassified lane, at a pronounced right angle in the road and comprises a paint manufacturing factory, which is BDEC Products Limited. And this application is showing the, the red line to include this area here, which does not, for the intents and purposes of the application, form part of the um, operational area. It is uh, land which they also own as a, um, a holding company. Uh, that's the site. Members will have seen uh, this area here uh, where it's proposed to put the, uh, the new storage building. Um, this is the existing storage building which I pointed out to you. This is the existing car park. This is the, uh, the main uh, factory premises here. And uh, we, this is the, uh, the building that's now being reclad, which um, I showed you. And we walked around the side here. And uh, this is the uh, location of the, the new access track where uh, enforcement action or sorry, investigations have taken place. Uh, and the applicant has now ceased work on this track. And these are the old chicken sheds um, beyond which uh, you saw with the three residential properties um, onto the northern side. Uh, this is just uh, showing the access uh, into the premises uh, looking north. Uh, this is showing the uh, existing car parking area for both staff and visitors uh, with the existing uh, paint uh, storage mixing building here. And as you can see, there is a uh, very substantial uh, tree belt screening onto the southern boundary. This is uh, looking towards the middle of the site uh, and to the northern boundary and uh, as you can see it is very well screened onto the northern boundary by a row of poplars. Uh, this line here was an existing conifer screen which was uh, removed by the, the current applicant um, not so long ago. And this shows uh, various external storage, including the uh, recycling uh, containers for the paint, where uh, the paint operations are uh, water-based, they're not solvent-based. And this, as uh, you saw, is this uh, track going towards the northern boundary, which would have served the northern area of the site, but uh, in view of the current application as revised, um, uh, this uh, track will be removed and uh, no works will be done to the uh, remaining part of the, the chicken sheds beyond. Uh, this is just a, a, a tree removal plan. 
this was the line of conifers which hasn't since been removed and just showing one or two trees which uh, there, there are of no significant trees in the site, none which are TPO'd certainly within the interior. So this is the revised proposed site plan. Uh, when the application came in, as I explained to, to, to members, it was to be proposed to be on the footprint of the uh, redundant uh, chicken sheds, but in view of the potential harm, tremendity impact that um, having a new building here with uh, the new service road coming in here, with the uh, turning and manoeuvring of um, uh, vehicles to load and unload, and also uh, the closer proximity of um, forklifts within this area here, it was considered that uh, there was scope to relocate the, the building to the southern boundary within the scope of the, the application, and uh, that is uh, precisely what the um, applicant has done. So there will be no works done to this northern area, um, to the northern boundary. Um, one thing that was mentioned was that there used to be um, an earth bund in approximately this position here, which was um, something more historical. Um, the, the current applicants have removed this, um, so uh, there's obviously some um, uh, audible and visible um, connection there. So as far as the, the new building is concerned, it will be onto the southern boundary, but with um, landscaping buffer around to the southern boundary. Um, and there will be a uh, new formation of car parking spaces thus, and there will be a, a landscape boundary here comprising a native field uh, planting boundary with post and rail fencing. And that is uh, the proposed building itself. Um, it's a traditional A-framed storage building. Um, it would be uh, six-played uh, six it would have a. It would be um, having a height to the eaves of six meters, a height to the ridge of seven point seven five meters, and it would be clad in uh, in green metal sheeting. So that is the actual proposal. Um, in terms of the the planning merits, uh, I don't really wish to to, to say anything more. Uh, then as far as the recommendation for this application is concerned, uh, the applicant has demonstrated a commercial need for the proposal for its continuing uh, B1, B2, B8 operations at the site as a paint manufacturer, whereby this need would accord with the, the MPPF, which seeks to support a prosperous and diverse rural economy and as the proposal would be acceptable on accessibility and countryside protection grounds. The removal of the unlawful roadway works can be conditioned. The proposal would not have a harmful impact on heritage assets in its new location onto the southern boundary. The proposed parking, parking arrangements are considered acceptable. The proposal would not have a significantly harmful impact on residential amenity and the proposal would not have a harmful effect on protected or priority species. It is therefore recommended, Chair, that this application be approved. Thank you very much, Mr Theobald. Um, oh, God, I've lost you. Sorry, this, it came off the screen. Um, 
We thank you very much. We have two speakers. We first have um, Ms. Yvonne Frailing. Ms. Frailing, Ms. Frailing, are you there? Yes, I am. I am. Good morning. I have to wait till you sort of appear on my bit of the screen. <laughs> yes, Good morning. If you'd like to start. Good morning. Thank you. Good morning. Thank, thank you very much, Chair. Um, can you hear me okay? Yes, we can. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Okay. So, firstly, we'd like to thank Clive um, for his work with the applicant to relocate the storage building and remove the unauthorised access roads and areas of hardcore. However, we still have concerns regarding elements of the scheme and seek further remediation. We've lived at Little Poplars since 1977, uh, sorry, 1997 in harmony with BDEC until last year when unauthorised works took place. Our primary concern relates to the lack of requirement to reprovide the earth fund and the insufficient landscaping proposals within the scheme. The fund originally ran adjacent and along the length of the building to the north of the site, as Clive has just shown you. The fund was thickly planted with native trees and shrub species, and it provided an area of natural habitat, as well as providing significant noise abatement and visual screening. We were almost unaware that the, of the factory's presence before its removal. Noise from the site has been tolerable since the fund's removal, particularly since the factory's extended hours of operation in the past year. The report states that because the proposed new storage building is to be relocated to the south, that the fund is no longer needed and that the noise from the HGVs will be absorbed by being in the middle of the site. The HGVs already operate in the southern part of the site, so this comment we feel is misleading. We can hear sounds from all parts of the site, even within the furthest limits of our garden and the paddock and as far away as the bridleway beyond Poplar's woods. All other operations on the site will remain the same, including those in the three buildings closest to the residents' properties. The noise, the noise, um, sorry, this noise uh, was subject to intervention by the council's environmental health team, isn't at times it was intolerable. Noise includes forklift trucks, incessant beeping, air brakes and horns from other vehicles, banging and crashing, scraping of machinery across yards, roller shutters slamming and people shouting. The report states that new forklift trucks will be introduced, but they will have still have to have reverse warning signals. And this is the most prevalent and piercing noise that we hear from the site. We've been unable to use our garden or paddock at times due to the noise, and we've had to keep our windows closed even during the hot weather. Two rounds of written representations from residents in all three affected properties focused on the need for the bunds to be reinstated and the fact that the gap between those three buildings previously blocked by the fund acts as a funnel for noise, channeling noise towards the residential properties. We do not concur with Section 2.2 that states the residential properties are substantially screened from the site by the very tall line of poplar trees on the site's flank. And Clive's second photo actually showed a significant gap in, in that line of trees where they were felled because they were so mature next last year. The trees, being Lombardy poplars, have minimal spread and have a little, uh, little foliage above, uh, the, um, the, below the first five metres. So they provide very little uh, screening below that level. We feel that the landscaping proposal proposed on the eastern boundary of the revised scheme, detailed in 11.13 in the report, is inadequate 
and will not provide adequate screening for little poplars and will allow the buildings to be continued to seen from the lane near little poplars. And the report doesn't refer to the fact that the building can be seen from the lane outside our house. 11.14 states that there will be no continued need for the unauthorised access road, which um, has been partially formed the eastern side of the main building complex, and the applicant has agreed to remove this, which we welcome. The eastern northern bums were removed in order to carry out these works. We ask that condition 11, page 26, be extended to include the removal of the single track access road running from the northern part of the site to the chicken sheds, the complete demolition of the chicken sheds, removal of all associated rubble and removal of all storage currently sited to the north of the buildings. After all, we are, we are only asking for what the status quo was and to revert to the situation before the unauthorised works took place and to protect our visual immunity, uh, immunity. And finally, um, and I appreciate that this changed yesterday afternoon, we're shocked to read Condition 9, authorising uh, work for 10 hours each weekday and 5 hours at the weekend, of which accounts for 55 hours per week. We have, and, and the revised proposals will still operate for 50. We have suffered from the noise of the paint factory for the past year and have had a stressful and tolerable summer where we have not been able to use our garden as we would wish. We now face this in perpetuity. I hope the committee will sympathise with residents and realise how the noise of the factory has adversely affected the peaceful enjoyment of our homes and gardens, which we have made significant investment in. We ask that the committee to either condition approval of the earth fund being reinstated or greatly reduce the hours of operation during weekdays and stop all weekend working in order that we can enjoy some quiet time once again. Thank you ever so much for inviting me to speak. Thank you very much. My next speaker is the agent, Mr. Robert Stretton. Mr. Stretton, good morning. Morning. Good morning. If you'd like to start, thank you. Yes, uh, can you hear me okay? Yes, we can, thank you. Fantastic, okay. Uh, so, my name is Robin Stratton, I am the agent for BDEC. Uh, BDEC have been working on this site for over 30 years. Uh, they're a very good employer with a long standing local workforce that have specialists in the development of paint products. <coughs> they have an ethos of skill transfer with senior employees with many, many years of experience training and teaching the new employees and imparting the skills needed to develop products and make the business sustainable. BDEC were one of the pioneers in the development away from solvent and lead-based paints and regarded as one of the market leaders in this particular field. The whole of their project range is water-based. There are no solvents or chemicals on site at all. And even when I challenged the owner, he confirmed that the most toxic product they have on site is the hand sanitizers that they use at the present time. Uh, BDEC also have a range of small satellite facilities around the area, and this new storage facility, which is in the application, will allow for the consolidation into one main location with reduced movements around the county. By having all the products and materials in one location, giving greater efficiency, which is crucial for a business to survive. With the essential storage facility, they can hold all of their products here until needed, 
and reduce the amount of traffic to and from the site by using, for example, one full load of materials both in or out, rather than two or three half loads coming in from the site. The size of the lorries will not change from those that have attended the site for the last 31 years. The area surrounding the site is intensely farmed, with some of the most extremely large mechanical equipment using the roads on a daily basis 24-7, which certainly puts the standard delivery vehicles BDEC uses into perspective. With regard to noise on the site, and forgive my very simple layman's terms, but they make water-based paint. So what they do is they have a big pot of water, they add colour, they mix pour it into tins, and then store it ready to deliver to, the, to their suppliers. I'm sure there's a lot more technicality to it, but this is a company that purely mixes paint. They're not an engineering firm, welding and bolting. They're not a mechanic shop, starting and revving engines, or even a kennels. The most noise that's been identified, and again from the previous speaker, is the beeping of the forklift that identifies it's about to go backwards. Um, they are in discussions, they are getting the manufacturer to muffle that as much as possible to make sure that it isn't as piercing as possible. The applicant at, at every stage has been open and willing to discuss any of the issues with the adjoining properties, the planning team and your enforcement officers. Whilst he regrets his actions in the first instance which caused the enforcement, this was born from them wanting to tidy up the end of the site that had become derelict and their misunderstanding that they could replace a derelict building for an agricultural barn without planning. They have, however, worked with Clive Theobald in finding a solution that can work for everyone and move the building now as far away as possible from the adjoining properties. They are a local business doing well and employing local people, as they have done for many, many years. And whilst they have made a mistake in the paperwork process, this does not divert from the good intentions they had to make the site look better and be better. In these times, we must be supportive of businesses and the business community that have managed to survive. Business supply locally, nationally, and also internationally due to their reputation and the specialty. With this storage facility now over 100 metres away from the adjoining properties, this must now be seen as having very little effect on the adjoining properties and therefore we would ask this application be approved. I would just add to that that the bund that has been made reference to um, was the result of excavations historically many, many years ago off of the site, and it was left on our applicant site purely as a dump. Um, it was reclaimed by the local wildlife rather than formally put there as a bund and formally planted with appropriate landscape. Um, so it was there by default rather than by intention. Uh, I thank you, and thank you again for giving us the opportunity to speak. Thank you. Thank you very much, Mr Stratton. Um, I'll open it up to the committee, and it's Councillor Sutton. Thank you, Councillor Sutton. Hello. Um, I don't have any problem with where they're going to site the building. I think it's good. It's away from, generally, from the people that live uh, around the area, um, being on the other side. But I do honestly feel that the bun should be put back for the sake of the community and I don't know whether it can be conditioned whether or the roadway taken taken away again 
and I don't know whether it can be conditioned, whether or if um, the applicant would kindly uh, clear up the site slightly so that all the um, so that all the broken up chicken sheds and so on are sort of tidied up. I think that's a fair exchange for the people that live in the local area. I mean, it's wonderful to have a, a you know have a business working and, and, and sort of surviving in this climate, and we all applaud that. But I do feel that we do have to take some consideration for the local community. Thank you. Thank you very much, Councillor Sutton. Councillor LeCount. I've just got um, two questions. I think they're for Clive, or they may be for the applicant. I don't know. Could you just tell me about the funds? Was that there 31 years ago? And, and we hear it was removed uh, because of excavation. So was there a fund, an earth fund there in 1998, for example? Because I've looked at the, the 1987 and 1988 planning permissions for the, the change of use of part of the building complex to um, a paint firm called Paintology, who were the predecessors before BDEC. Um, and uh, the, the, the application details, they don't actually show there being a, a bund in place. Um, I've got the drawing here, and I've been looking at it actually this morning uh, for UTT 1408-87, and it shows the proposed site location plan with the buildings to be utilised for uh, B1 use, but there is no actual bun showing on that block plan for that application. I can confirm that. So basically, just to clarify that, when... The little populous people moved in in 1997. There was no money there. I can't confirm that. That's probably something uh, to, to, to the applicant. Uh, the council records don't have that detail, though. Okay. Well, my next question is, the heavy goods vehicles um, currently are going up the site. I think that's um, where, the, where the old buildings were, towards the chicken, I believe, the, um, is it chicken, is it chicken sheds, I can't remember. Uh, they're, they're not currently going there, no. Um, they were going there, but they're not going there now. Oh, so yes, for the proposal, so just turn my volume up, I beg your pardon. Um, the, the proposal was to have the storage building onto the northern boundary, and the, the service road would have therefore facilitated access by the same uh, uh, HGVs uh, to, to, to that um, uh, particular part of the site, but obviously that will no longer take place. Thank you, Chair. Thank you. Councillor Freeman. Yes, thank you. Um, this describes why we have things called industrial estates. Of course, then you can come and go whenever you want, and you can make as much noise as you like, and you have people delivering every hour of the day, uh, and nobody complains because it's an industrial estate. However, I see that this has planning consent for light industrial use. It's bona fide in that respect. And in fact, I checked out whilst we were talking, BDAC, of course, is famous for their barn paint, and they do make very good paint. I actually even use them. So uh, I guess I'm fairly sympathetic to this application uh, because uh, they are a local employer, they make a very high quality product. Uh, it's work in the time when there is no work. 
I, I'm also a fan of Earth buns, however. However they manage to get there, whether they drop out of outer space or they're put there by Neolithic workers with shovels or whatever, um, because they are very effective at uh, stopping noise and sound, especially if you plant a hedge along the top. So the only point I would make, and I leave this with the committee, is that an appropriate earth bund to separate the, um, the industrial site from the residential houses would be a very good thing. And it would be not a bad, since we've got the earth on site, apparently, you're not tracking it in from outside, and you're going to do some construction work anyway, it should give you more spoil, uh, would be to turn that into a bund along the northern boundary uh, to provide extra protection. That's my point, point of view. Uh, and I recommend that to the committee. The other thing is I think that the hours of work should be strictly conditioned because people always stretch these a bit. And then when you go back to the planning committee or to the off enforcement officers and say, look, they're working outside of hours, there's always a certain amount of slack that's allowed. And so I think we do need to be quite specific about this. And I think that uh, I, I, I very much support that approach from the officers as well. Thank you, Madam Chairman. Thank you very much, Councillor Freeman. Councillor Bagnall. Yeah, uh, I, I support Councillor Freeman in uh, regarding the bund as well. But my first point is to Mr Theobald, it's just for clarification. Uh, you mentioned the email that came in at the 11th hour. Uh, is it? I, I wasn't sure how the applicant would have known what the uh, result and the conditions were to send in that email, or is that normal practice? Um well, it is the case that the, the agenda has been published and therefore the reports on the agenda within the public domain. Oh, yeah, so, so recently read the report, yeah. Okay, fair enough, thanks. Um, so I do sympathise with the applicant because uh, obviously it's a local business and I understand they've been there a long time. Um, but I think we also have to sympathise with the residents that are impacted as well. So I think... Um, Two conditions for me that we probably should be looking at is, uh, as per Councillor Freeman's suggestion, uh, the replacement of the bund uh, in a way that screens and reduces the noise uh, and um, impact on the neighbours, uh, and also the removal of the access road that was called out. Uh, it seems logical to me that uh, we would try and find a compromise that works for both the residents and the business itself. So the business wants the approval which is fair enough but the compromises they have to they have to do something for the residents so I think it sounds to me like a sensible position would be to replace the bund uh, and the removal of the access road which sounds like it would get the approval of the residents thank you chair Brown would you like you've got your hand up would you like to come in now before to come uh, I was gonna I was gonna mop up when everyone else is finished okay, no,
you very much, Councillor Abbott. Um, Councillor Lachlan. Sorry, I have to get thinner fingers, I think. Um, well, I think we always have to be um, in agreement. Uh, I would like to know if this bond is replaced, um, would it have any effect on the uh, business? Uh, and is it being used for anything else? This, because when I looked, it just seemed to be derelict. Uh, and, uh, you know, it, it is a, a good business and it does provide work. And I think everybody's agreed on that. But I, I think for the sake of good relations with neighbours, it might be a good idea if the applicant volunteered to put back the bond. And then it seems to me as if everybody will be happy, apart from the working hours, which seem to be a bone of contention. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I would uh, like to see um, a condition that the bond could be put back. But if it's... Could you please, uh, somebody let me know, Clive perhaps, uh, will it affect the business in any way by putting this bond back? Yes, yeah, so I was just going to come on to that. Um, obviously, um, there's a um, desire to put the what we're defining as being the original Earth Bund back. And um, I, I know from um, satellite images we've got um, historically and also from um, a, a plan that was put in by uh, a neighbour uh, that it, it wraps around the, the outside edge of the, the main building complex. That's how it was. Now, um, at the moment, there's this informal uh, ex external storage area to, to the north of the, the main uh, complex, which you saw, uh, including the derelict uh, chicken sheds. Well, because the, the new storage building is going to go on to the southern boundary, um, it, it's the applicant's intention to actually just keep the, uh, the chicken sheds and the bases as they are. Um, I understand they may have plans in the future to, to try and rationalise that end of the site. Hence, that's why the application came in showing the northern boundary uh, with the storage building onto it. Um, now, uh, I, I did put this suggestion to the, the planning agent about the reinstatement. Um, I think the other thing that um, members need to know, just for a factual um, thing, is that when the application came in showing the, um, the storage building onto the northern boundary, it did actually include a substantial um, earth bund on, onto the northern boundary and then returning on the outside, coming back up at the site. And the intention there was to actually mitigate against the noise um, from uh, the, the vehicle movements. Um, that no longer exists. That's been taken away from the scheme. So members are now talking about whether we, we, we ought to, to reinstate the what used to be the historical earth bund. Um, I, it will impact, as I say, on the business if they've got any future intentions to, to rationalise that northern no. um, um, part of the site. Clive, I think that you're going too far here. So, yeah. yeah, thank you. So if you could just stop you there. Thank you. Um, Councillor Reeve. Thank you. Um, I've got good points and bad points. The, the, overall, I support the, um, uh, the, the development of the business and the rationalisation of the site, keeping the business going and putting the new building where it is uh, on the south uh, end. So all of that is good and I support that. I do, though, have... Uh, uh, concerns the the bond. Um, I, I agree 
I would like to see that uh, reinstated. There's another reason apart from noise, and that's actually the, um, the sort of um, uh, industrial element. If you've got a paint factory, and I know it's uh, water-soluble um, uh, ones, but uh, paint flowing downhill is never a good idea. And if, if there are leaks and things, and I know this from my past in the, in fact, in the oil industry, uh, that it's, it's, it's always useful to have buns to uh, uh, prevent uh, leaks of liquids uh, going downhill onto neighbouring properties. So that's a, a further reason for, for me for needing a, um, uh, a bun, uh, which I would support on both the north and the east sides of the, uh, the site uh, for, for noise uh, reasons as well, of course. Uh, my further um, uh, concern is the, um, the one about listening to um, uh, the, the resident speaker uh, concerning the chicken sheds and things getting knocked down and therefore being a mess. If it's my understanding, this was um, doing work on site in preparation of the plan which has now been changed. And um, I, I do have an issue with um, businesses or private individuals um, starting to work on stuff before planning permission is granted and uh, causing uh, as a sideline um, uh, sort of removal of uh, amenity to the uh, to the neighbours. So I, I, I do sympathise with the um, with the sort of rubble that's uh, there. I would like to, I'm not sure what our, our, we're allowed to do, but I would like to see that being cleared up on the grounds that really it was uh, building work starting before planning permission had been uh, given, and now leaving a mess if it's just going to be left standing. So I, I think that's uh, um, that's a problem. And then my final point is somewhat along the long lines, and that's the, the sort of um, regularising of the whole site. It seems that sort of things have happened here, like there was another building that seems to have been put up without planning permission, albeit maybe uh, longer than four years ago. So my question here is, how well uh, regularised are all the uh, planning issues on the site, and do we have any um, uh, authorities to question any of those? Thank you. Those are my points. Um, before I come to you, Nigel, could I just ask, there was, Mr. Theobald read out um, an email saying 7.30, can you just nod your head, um, Mr. Theobald, 7.30, 7 till 4.30 was, were, there, were there opening times, were there working times, yes? Uh, no, 7 o'clock to 4.30. Um, 7 o'clock to 4.30, thank you. But in point nine, it says um, our conditions should not be cut up other than between the hours of 8 and 6, and then 8 to 1. So, really, we should be conditioning the hours that they're saying and not what we're putting in. You know, those, that needs to be changed, surely, if that's what they want. If that's, what that, if that's their hours, we shouldn't be having changing those hours, should we? Chairman, I was, yeah. I was going to mention the hours when I was wrapping up at the end, so I'll... That's where I brought that up. Um, and also there was one other question. In somewhere else I saw um, something about wildflower meadow or wildflowers. I take it that was on the scrubland? Was that to do with the scrubland at the back? Because there's nothing, I can't, I can't really call it anything else but scrubland. Um, um, yes, you're right. I think it's the area, um, which is the open area. Um, it, it, it's not really a wildflower meadow, to be honest. Um, so it would just be native planting onto that hard boundary 
to the outside of the car park. Yeah. And I'd also like to know why they removed the corner for screen. That would just be why why remove a corner for screen. Um, let's take it down. Um, it's another it's not there's another screen. So why remove that? Uh, you know, just that was, that's a question. But that's all. Um, Mr. Brown. Um, I'm anxious that you've got other speakers, but I think I will, I, will just, I will just wrap up some of the things. First of all, picking up, I think Councillor Sutton started this, because some great credit for this one in terms of, I think we need to go a little bit, maybe a bit more specific in terms of, well, probably less specific, but also mentioning general stuff. We have a condition 11 that's recommended, which says the newly laid authorised access road by an associated hardcore deposit leading down from the eastern side, blah, 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 should be removed. I think we need, I think what members are, it is within your gift to actually boost that condition. And uh, now that could include, um, and I think, I think obviously the bun seems to be the issue. Picking up the speakers, it's not the only issue, but the bun may find part of the issue. Picking up uh, the, um, the residents speaking, um, okay, it doesn't really matter whether the bun was put there or was put there for any particular reason. The fact is, it's been there and it's been fulfilling the function, um, whether or not, whether or not that's a, whether that's just a, um, you know, a perceived function, I, I don't know. But it's been fulfilling a function, and it's quite clearly the barrier between the a develop a site that has that has had planning permission and has evolved and has morphed into something bigger in terms of how much space it's got. So I think condition eleven can be boosted to to require what it actually says, which is remove the the, the, the hard standing issues. It could also be included, and also specifically mention a bun. And it also can be specifically mentioned if this is within membership and removal of basically regeneration of that particular area. What shouldn't be lost, though, is that particular part of the site, because it's, for want of a better word, it's a bit scabby and it's a bit, bit random. But those type of areas make it absolutely prime for biodiversity in terms of those type of devolved areas. So I think in terms of you can require within Condition 11 a condition which requires a submission of a scheme which requires... Uh, the what exactly says in condition 11 the the re reintroduction of a bund and the details of that bund and also the removal of existing buildings in that area a scheme that needs to be approved now you'll see from condition 11 it's not actually tied to the development it's tied to the date of the permission so it's something that they need to do and so therefore that's bringing start bringing that condition into into this into this i would suggest that because we're asking them to do more that we have a scheme within two months and the works are carried out within six months of the date of the permission, because I think that's a reasonable period in order for that to happen. Uh, and then we've got, and obviously, aside to that, then, you know, the development has got permission to carry on doing. But that actually starts addressing that boundary issue, because this is what I call a cusp issue. It's an area between a, a, an established, successful business that has been operating slightly outside of its planning permission, uh, but we have residents there. And we need to respect that cost. So I think that's within member's gift, and we can actually word that condition accordingly. There's also another landscaping condition at the very beginning. In terms of the hours of operation, um, obviously it is also within your gift. Um, the recommended condition originally was, was um, hang on, let's go up to it, just to get it in my mind clearly. Condition nine. Is it condition three? No, condition nine. Nine. Right, okay. Yeah. I've got it, yeah. So, condition commercial operations storage should be carried out other than between the hours of eight and six Mondays to Fridays, eight to ones on Saturdays, and no times on Sundays or bank holidays. It's within members' gift to 
to to either accept that as recommended or to bury it. Obviously, you do need to be reasonable in terms of a business operation. Um, I would be um, obviously it's moved from eight to seven, and it's for members there is a significant difference between eight starting at seven and starting at eight. Uh, members need to take that into action. But although the re- I would suggest, and this sounds a bit perverse, although the applicant is saying they finish at half four, um, it is acceptable for them to continue operating till six. And so, uh, you know, to, to actually restrict development stopping at half four, that may be providing an unknown and an unnecessary constraint on them. It's, it doesn't really matter whether they only operate till half four. But that is, again, within your gift. And again, if members, if they have got a fan commission and they have an operator's condition on it, They've got the right to appeal that against the condition or apply for it to be buried, and that can go through the same process here. Uh, so it's within members' gift what they actually want to do there. And I should also add that we do also have a biodiversity condition in terms of an enhancement scheme, which I think will run alongside any suggested variation to condition 11. So all the, thing, all the matters members have raised can be accommodated by way of condition. So, you know, that, that can be picked up in, in any proposal going forward. Thank you very much, Mr. Brown. Um, sorry, Councillor Keaton. Thanks, um, Madam Chairman. I mean, my question is to Mr. Theobald. I mean, I'm reading the report, there doesn't seem to have been any consultation with the environmental services about the noise, and yet we're kind of making a decision on noise abatement without actually having any professional advice. Can you tell me why that is? Uh, Yes, uh, I did have some uh, verbal discussions with the uh, Environmental Health Officer, um, I forget her name, who was um, was taking the calls from local residents about the noise on the site um, if I recall, uh, expressly to do with the, the forklifts and the, the bleepers. Um, and um, I don't think there was any formal nuisance complaint um, uh, established by way of evidence. Um, I was in contact with uh, that officer regarding this scheme, and when I suggested that uh, it, it seemed to make sense to move the uh, the storage building to the southern boundary. Um, she was quite uh, happy uh, to me on on the phone that that would remove some of the uh, potential increased noise um, emanating from the site um, uh, uh, because the, the building was being removed. Um, we then come back to what obviously the applicant has said both to um, to me and through the planning agent that uh, they are looking at these um, sort of. Um, uh, baffles or you know, mufflers on the um, uh, fort lifts to reduce some of the noise within the site generally. Um, and I think it's basically what you've got already occurring on the site um, by way of established use or planning permission. And um, if there would be any uh, additional noise emanating from the southern boundary of the site, bearing in mind its distance, which would impact on neighbours. Thank you very much, Mr. Sorry, can I just pick up on that point? I don't, I don't think members should be taking anything into account regarding the uh, muffling of any more forklift lifts issues. I mean, um, that is not an issue. 
Um, that is, well, it is an issue, but it's not an issue that we should be relying on on the muffling of forklift trucks. I should also think members also need to be careful that we shouldn't be considering this on the basis of nuisance. The basis of nuisance is, well, sorry, the other way around. The, the element of effect on Pearson's amenity is a, is, a, is a lower level. You know, to actually affect, you can be affected by something going on next door without it actually being a nuisance. So I think that's where, and I do think the operating conditions, this is, this is not, um, and as being described, this is not a, when you've got a, a development where the, the mo- and I'm not dissing how much uh, the impact the noise of a forklift and the noise of a forklift with its reverse alarms going on, where that is the highest thing that's going on in terms of the site, it is not a heavy industrial site, it's a, it's a site which is relatively, um, it is not, it is a light industrial use with forklifts involved which cause a problem. And so, therefore, I think that's where members need to be mindful of the, of the conditions and maybe some controls of the hours. And I, I'm, although I can understand and I do sympathise with the, with the opening, with the applicant's comments on the operating conditions, I think the most important thing members should be taking into account is the impact on the neighbours. If it inconveniences the, the proposer, the developer, then so be it. There's, there is no go back if we approve, if we approve conditions that have an effect on the amenity of residents next door there's no going back if we over constrain the, the proposal there is a comeback they can ask for those conditions to be varied and we can look back calling in and go forward so so it's within members gift how they want to do it and if they don't want to work too early too early in, in, in terms of the hours that's up to members okay thank you um councillor lemon i have three speakers councillor bagnall lemon and sutton but i'm going to go on to councillor lemon first because he hasn't spoken as yet. Councillor Lemon. Thank you Chair. Um, yes, the question of the bung, I think it's irrelevant whether there was a bung there before. You don't know how high that was. I think the condition should be that the bung is put in to protect the neighbours at a sufficient height and with a hedge on top. I think it, we forget the history of the bung. We want a bung to protect the neighbours. We must be efficient enough to do the job. So um, I think that we should definitely make that a condition and, the, and make sure that the bung does work. Thank you. Thank you very much, Councillor. Um, oh, Councillor Sutton disappeared. Right. Sorry, I, I just think that Mark Lemons uh, said all that I really wanted to say. Thank you. Okay, thank you very much. Councillor Bagnell. Yeah, just quickly uh, on the, on the bun situation, I, I thought it might be sensible if we if we put the words in that uh, it was replaced as was the previous. So if it was as it was previously, then that seemed to work. Uh, and a quick question regarding the hours of operation: Have we discussed with the with the neighbours whether those hours are suitable for them, or is it a standard eight till six? That's a question for Mr. Brown. Right. So I take, can I take the, the first question first? It's very difficult to have a condition which says it should be as it was before because we go yeah. after the cows come home until we know it is. So I think the way okay. Councillor Lemon put it, I think having a scheme um, whereby it, 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 everything else she said was fine in terms of the submission. And in terms of the hours, yes, it is a, it, it, it's a standard this type of activity adjacent to residential properties where those hours have come from in terms of the recommendations of... Um, which was eight or six, and then the weekend working, um, which is which is a standard conditions when you're dealing with those type of activities in this type of location. 
I, I think for me it was just whether um, it was appropriate to have a conversation with the residents because they could come to an agreement uh, with the applicant. I would suggest we need to jurisdict on that. Because, okay. <laughs> yeah, I think both of them would agree. I think obviously the, the, the operator would want more hours and I'm, I'm, I respect that the resident will probably want less hours. And so, well, um, yeah, but I think we just need to be, re I think members just need to be reasonable in terms of how you do it, but you could jurisdict on that. Okay, thank you. Right, I think we've, we've actually... Yeah, could, I just, could I just come back um, on um, Councillor Backham's previous work? I don't think we need, you, you can't put previous in. What I'm actually asking for is a new bung to do the job properly. The old bung might have only been four foot, five foot, ten foot high, you don't know. What I'm asking for is a new bung to be put in to do the job properly. I think he's, I think he's accepted that now after Mr. Mr. Brown's explanation. Councillor Reid. Yes, thank you. I was really wanting to move towards the end of this particular agenda item. And, uh,
to have a, a bund right onto the northern Sorry, border. I'm just asking what the current proposal yeah. is from, uh, from Mr. Brown. My, my my specifics around condition 11 was was specifically to the condition on the that boundary of the site where where the where the bund was and so therefore the condition was to the you know a scheme for the um I can't think of the word the, the the bringing in the sorting out area the movement of the hard standing and uh, the tidying up as well as the prevention of the bund that was only on that location there was not a proposal for a bund elsewhere but there is a condition, which is condition, suggested condition two, I think it is, regarding uh, details of a landscaping scheme. Um, so, um, and so there is a general scheme for general landscaping around the site, and that would cover the whole site, specifically the north bit of the site where the where the actual building's going. Okay, so you're so you're saying that uh, the uh, the, the um, sorry the. I'm sorry. The building is the new building is going on the south side of the site. Correct. Right, south. Oh. Yeah. Sorry, I meant the sorry. I meant the south side. Sorry. Okay. So, but I'm talking about the north side of the site, where it abuts against the neighbouring properties, and I'm I'm concerned that uh, because the chicken shed's gone, there's it going to be even more noise now. So there should be a bund all around the site. Well, can I, sorry, I don't want to intervene. I've, I've done it too much already, I think. But I, I keep saying that it was originally intended. That, that, okay, that, as that, in that, as in the withdrawn proposal. Yes. Well, yes, the, the, the original um, drawings, the site layout drawings, when the the building was on the northern boundary, included this earth bun to go parallel with the northern boundary, and then we turned back up the site on its eastern side. That's what I'm asking. Yeah. Um, be the condition now. Yes, I would add to that that I think I'm right in saying in one of the three representations we received from, from neighbours, ironically, even though it was to serve as a, uh, a noise attenuation buffer, um, they didn't want it right onto the northern boundary. And obviously, you know, it is up to you to decide what is the most important to have um, the bund on the northern boundary and then extend further up, or to have it in the middle of the site where it was previously I think I think my understanding I think it was where it was and it was because the original one turn it was straight turned sorry to interrupt Sandy I don't know if she can but Yvonne Freiling's trying to has her hand up I don't think we can no I don't think I don't think we can now um I think, yeah, I, yeah, just... Mr. Bell, what? Yeah, I just want to make it... What we... I mean, it's... The gift is what's in Condition 11. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so the Condition 11 says... And it, we haven't reworded this yet. So the new... And that will be based upon a scheme that needs to be submitted. And uh, so therefore... Uh, and at the moment, it's, it's all about the newly laid out access road on the eastern boundary. So, I mean, if, if it is within members' gift to require a scheme of boundary boundary works on the eastern and northern boundary of the site, I think that's what we're talking, isn't it? The eastern and northern boundary of the site, a scheme to be submitted, which shall include a bund, basically where the original bund was, which we could actually, we could actually ensure. And whatever house has to happen to which else, whatever house has to happen, whether that's another bund or whether it's not a bund or whether it's whatever it is, 
And the reason is to protect the amenities of the adjacent properties. And so therefore, as a result of that, that is a condition I would anticipate that we would need to be, that would have to be submitted. I would suggest maybe because we're now lengthening what needs to be done, that, that needs to be submitted within three months of the permission being granted. We would have to recons we would have to consult on that. That's one of those conditions that we would have to consult on. We would have to consult with environmental health, we'd also have to consult with the ecology, and we would I would suggest have to consult with the neighbours as well in terms of what that scheme actually involves with. And then that will cover it. We we can't we can't as long as we're ensuring that the bund that was taken down is replaced with a even better bund potentially, and or any other boundary treatment that we need to be sorted. I don't think we're in a position to actually try to do that now. But I think that we've got a robust scheme that says it's submitted within three months of the date of permission, and the works are carried out within the next six months with planting carried out within the next planting season. Then we can then we can then sort out that boundary once and for all. And it doesn't matter if it has any effect upon the developer because it doesn't affect current operations. If it affects pre future operations, good because we need them to go away from that boundary. And so I think so I think we can sort everything out. Okay. Having heard that, can I propose that that's what we do in that case? And so I'm proposing approval of this application with, with the condition as described by uh, Mr. Brown. Can I also ask about the operating condition? Because that was that was part of the discussion as well. Right. Can I come in? Councillor yeah. do you want to second that? I do agree with what people are saying, but please ignore the, what I'm asking, what I was asking for, and I think Councillor Reid was, Ignore the existing bun and have a proper bun put in. Whether it's bigger or smaller, I imagine it will be bigger because it will need to go round where the chicken um, buildings were. Just have a totally new bun to protect the neighbours from this site. That's that's what I, I think. I think that's what I think. That's, that's, what, that's what we've got. That's yeah. what we're talking about. I think that is what what Mr. Brown's talking about. That's what will happen. Yeah, that's what will happen. Okay, so. We need to make a decision on the time, which is point condition nine, time for times. So it has eight to six, Monday to Friday, and eight to one, Saturdays. Can I be reminded, please, um, of the times of operations, or can we be reminded, not just me, the times of operations just now. Mr. Theobald, do you have that, or do I have to ask Mr. Stretton? Do we have to ask Mr. Stretton? Um, well, the times of operations currently on the site? Yes. Yes. Well, I've got the email from Mr. Stretton, from the applicant, who has said, we have always worked a combination of hours within 7 a.m. to 4.30 p.m. And is that Monday to Friday, or do they work Saturdays? It isn't actually mentioned in the email, so I can't confirm that. So you might want to put that to Mr. Stratton. Mr. Stratton, could you answer that for me? Sorry, that... Sorry, Mr. Brown? Just to add an additional condition, um, with my enforcement hat on, um, we've got suggested condition that says commercial operations within the proposed storage building. Um, I think we need to need commercial operations from the site because if we get 
complains that something's happening at seven o'clock at night or something like that, I'm not implying that will happen, we will spend forever trying to work out where they're actually operating. So I think we need to restrict it to the site generally, the whole site, whatever hours we end up having. Yes, thank you very much, Mr. Uh, good point. Mr. Stretton, could you just enlighten us, please, as to the times, Monday to Friday and weekends? Certainly, yes. Now, at the moment, they are, so historically, they've worked from 7 till 4.30, Monday to Friday. Uh, and my understanding is they work from 8 o'clock through till uh, middle of the afternoon, around about 3 o'clock on a Saturday only. Uh, anything outside of that is purely the office or the admin team just coming in just to sort of check on the building. So it's around, you are saying, okay, yeah. 8 to 3 on a Saturday. Yeah. Okay. Right, colleagues. Chair, would it not be sensible to stick with the hours that have been put into the recommendation and then if the applicant wants to vary those, they can make a further application because I... I think we're in danger of having hours that have not really worked because he mentioned administration operations. So I, I think what the officer has put into the report seems a reasonable starting point, and if there needs to be a variation, then they can make that application. Exactly, that's exactly what I was thinking, Councillor Badness, so thank you. I just wanted to hear what they actually what they actually said because I didn't think, you know, I just wanted to clarify what the, the applicant said. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to second Councillor Reeves' proposal. Okay, thank you very much. So, we have a proposal to, to approve with, various, with the various conditions. Um, so, proposed by Councillor Reeves, seconded by Councillor Pallant. All those in favour of approval with these conditions. Over to you, Elizabeth. Thank you, Madam Chair. We have uh, an we have a motion to approve this application subject to the amended conditions regarding landscape and to operating hours. If I can uh, call out your names, please, and if you could respond for, against, or abstain, please. Councillor Badnell. Four. Councillor Caton. Councillor Freeman. Councillor LeCount. Councillor Lemon? Yeah. Councillor Light? Yeah. Councillor Loffin? Yeah. Councillor Merrifield? Four. Yeah. Councillor Pavitt? Four. Councillor Reeve? Four. And Councillor Sutton? Four. That's uh, unanimous.
Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. 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 Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned.
Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been... Thank you very much. Okay. Welcome back, everybody. Um, going on to agenda item four, UTT 201596, Outline Planning Commission, Manda Maranello, Watch House Green, Felsted. And it's Ms. Madeline Jones. Thank you very much. Thank you. Um, the application site is located to the northwest of Watch House Green, northeast of the village of Felsted, outside the development limits of Felsted. 
The site was originally part of the garden of the adjacent dwelling Maranello and is rectangular in shape. There are residential dwellings to the east of the site running in a linear pattern along the BE1417. There is close boarded fencing to this boundary. To the north of the site is an existing driveway, which is also a public right-of-way, and that provides access to Felmont Farm and a day daycare centre, a nursery. This access leads onto the Braintree Road. Um, beyond the access tr track here is open countryside, and mature trees line the access road. This shows an aerial view, and the site is here. To the west and south of the site, outline permission, so here and here, outline planning permission has been granted at appeal for 28 dwellings and a new access road. And following that, the reserve matters were granted at committee. This is the building here that is to be demolished. The application is for outline planning permission for the demolition of part of the existing building and the erection of seven dwellings with all matters reserved except for access. The access is the same as that previously approved under UTT 181011OP and includes moving the access of Marinello further away from the Braintree Road, a pedestrian access to the site, linking, um, linking to the pavement on the western side of the Braintree Road. The indicative plan shows the loss of seven trees and the planting of nine new trees. along the boundary, the existing um, access would be retained. Here are some photos of the site. This is the swimming pool building that is to be demolished. Um, that is the front of the site where the access is going into. And that is the access road. And these are the trees that would be, remain. And this access would be moved to here. The application is recommended for conditional approval subject to a unilateral undertaking to secure financial contributions in respect of the Blackwater Spa Stroke Ramsar site. My dogs were barking very loudly in the background, so I muted myself while you were speaking. Um, I said, that's the end of your presentation, yes? Yes. Thank you very much. Sorry, I do apologise for that. Um, so we have um, one speaker with this, and it's Mr. Graham Fisher. So if we could, if you could stop, if you could unshare now, that would be great. Thank you very much. Good morning, Mr. Fisher. Hello, can you see and hear me? We can't see you, Mr. Fisher. We can hear you. Ah. But we... Seeing you is not so much of an issue, but we do have to hear you. I think I have the answer. There we go. Yes, 
Thank you. Um, I won't take up too much of your time. There haven't been any people speaking against the application. I will be speaking in favour on behalf of the um, applicant as the agent. Um, just to say, we've engaged with the council from the outset on this application. We had a very constructive and detailed pre-application uh, experience and have had constructive dialogue with officers throughout the outline application process. We've agreed an extension of time and provided all the information requested by officers. We are aware, of course, that this site is outside of the development limits in the local plan and the neighbourhood plan. But we're also aware that um, council only has 2.69 years housing supply. So therefore, as you obviously will be aware, paragraph 11 of the planning frame, national planning framework comes into play Paragraph 14, which gives the protection of the neighbourhood plan, doesn't. And the officers have recognised this in their report. So we do have the situation where the tilted balance is engaged. This is a very well-designed development, in our opinion. There's very generous amenity space. There's sufficient parking. This isn't a valued landscape. It's a garden with a swimming pool in it. Um, and if necessary, we can more tree planting through a landscaping condition or a reserve matter submission. It's a sustainable location, a fact agreed by your officers in the report. And I do know that there's only been a modest level of local objections here. Um, it's our view that there are clear sustainable development advantages here, both economic, social and environmental, and they clearly outweigh what can only be a modest intrusion into um, any views or any landscape issues, of course, which are considered to be, which we consider to be minor. In light of the housing shortage, we believe there's a clear balance in favour of the development, and we request that you look at the application in that way and grant permission. And we finally, I would say that we are more than happy to agree to the unilateral undertaking for the biodiversity um, contribution for the. Uh, Rams are on the coast. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Mr. Fisher. Okay, I will open that up to the committee. Councillors. Councillor Bagnall. Thank you, Chair. I was waiting for to see lots of hands up, but there weren't any. <laughs> uh, so, when I saw the, um, the presentation, it looks to me like it's a development site for 35 houses, and yet here we are, we're split into one of 28 and one of seven. So I'd be interested to understand how that impacts us in terms of affordable housing units uh, and any 106 monies, because it's fairly clear to me that that is uh, a very good design from the applicant because he's split it into 28 and seven. And to me, that... that feels like it's a fairly obvious single development uh, and I'd like to hear Mr Brown's views on um, affordable housing, any 106 contributions that, that have either been avoided or we should we should be included as part of conditions. I'm happy to do this unless Matt wants to do it. Um, well, I did go back to the agent asking about the ownerships of the lands. Um, they are all the uh, Maranello, this site and the adjacent site are all in different ownerships. 
they're not in the same ownership. That's not bad, Mill. Are you coming? Back? I, I, I was waiting for an explanation. Sorry, I'm not surprised by that at all. Nobody should be. I, I'm not interested in the ownership. I'm just wondering about whether we should be conditioning anything regarding affordable housing or 106 contributions, because clearly 35 houses is different to 28 and 7. This application has to, you know, you know, we have been quite robust in this in terms of checking through the land ownership issue. It is one step, it's two steps removed actually from the original. Obviously the whole site was originally owned by the same person. Um, and it's been sold on twice, and that's the issue with, that we're at. And because of that, it has to be considered as an application for seven. I'm not happy about this, but I mean, and, and therefore that's what would be tested on appeal should we insist on affordable housing and it not be provided. Um, but yeah, it's two steps removed from the original ownership where all the whole of Marinella was owned the whole site. The okay, site adjacent did have affordable housing, the 28 houses that did have 40% affordable housing. Okay, then we, we have to treat it on its merits and, and, and have a look at um, the various policies. Okay, thank you, Chair. Um, okay, if nobody else is going to say anything, I um, I was shocked and appalled when I saw this planning application came, coming in about two weeks after we'd just given permission or on the, on the rest of the permission on the DFO on the 28 houses. Um, but what is... Um, this is outside of the neighbourhood plan. It, this is a made neighbourhood plan. Um, and does the parish council, forgive me, I've just... Um, the parish council has come, has come it, is, it is without... It is not in the neighbourhood plan. They have taken, you know, as with a lot of other places, and I, I admit this, Belsu has taken a lot of houses, a great many more houses than were in the neighbourhood plan. And it's continuing to be, you know, as, as with a lot of other places, taking a lot of other houses. So to add another seven might seem not particularly very much, but it's outside the development limits. It's not within the neighbourhood plan. Um, I would urge you not to really support this. I also think, I also agree with Mr. Brown that it's, it's an incredible, incredibly annoying and difficult that we haven't managed to, it's not in the same ownership, so we can add into the 28 houses. Thank you. Councillor Pallet. Thank you, Jane. Could, could Mr. Brown just clarify for our collective benefits the weight the neighbourhood plan carries now that we don't have a five-year land supply. My understanding is that it still carries weight in terms of its policies and that it's not entirely overridden simply by the fact that we don't have uh, a five-year supply until the balance comes into effect. Right, the, the obviously the development plan in terms of the, the development plan in terms of Felsted is the local plan 2005 and the very, very recently made Felsted neighbourhood plan. Um, they both have weight, um, but unfortunately, because we have got a five-year land supply, the, um, the development plan, um, as in the local plan, has minimal weight when it's talking about controlling land supply issues like 
development outside development limits and stuff like that. The neighbourhood plan has an additional area of protection in that it is, has to have a free land supply, otherwise the, the protection issues are um, uh, the protection and the, the, the negative parts of the neighbourhood plan, if you see what I mean, in terms of rather than land supply. Ironically, what seems to happen, we've got exactly the same situation in Dumbo, and we've got exactly the same situation in Thaxted, which are three, which are three, three, which are three areas which have actually gone to, and I know there are other ones emerging. They've got a neighbourhood plan which included the provision of housing in all of them, and they have taken quite a lot of housing. And unfortunately, my view, if I was going to change this, which I can't, was that the three percent should be based upon the three percent based upon the actual area of the plan itself, which is far in excess of three, three, three years loan supply in terms of what was actually provided in Thaxted. But the answer to your question is. In terms of controls of restricting development through supply, um, it has it has a much more reduced weight in terms of the neighbourhood plan, uh, in terms, because we haven't got a three-year land supply, and uh, so so that's that's where we actually sit. So therefore, as a result of that, you then need to consider it in terms of whether it's sustainable development. Um, you know, and that, that's a discussion members can have, but also members need to then consider the harm from this development, um, and you know, and the harm is be the good old-fashioned S7, which is held up to be quite robust. But this is a bit different to what we normally have. Normally, you've got a development that's done a little bit. It's like the inner part of the donut. You've got a little bit of it. Sometimes you have a little bit of development that's allowed, a little bit of development over here. And then suddenly, they want to do the field next to it. But this is they've done the field around it, if you like, and they want to put a bit more development. So the argument in R7 could be a bit more difficult. It doesn't sit very nice with me at all. But unfortunately, in terms of considering harm, that's what members need to consider. Um, can I just say, I mean, don't, I don't know why I didn't think about it. I actually needed to say that I am the ward member for Felsted and Steading, so I apologise, Miss Smith. I should have said that. So um, can that be limited, please? I do apologise. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, Councillor Reeve. Thank you. I have a, a big problem with this one because the, um, you know, the sort of incremental... Um, commercial gain being made by this that the, to the detriment of uh, residents and, and through the 106s and things. I, it's just games and I, I really dislike it. But the only uh, my, my, the extent of the problem is I don't know what we can do about it. And uh, so I don't I can't really see the uh, any demonstrable harms that we can give uh, on the grounds that it's already surrounded by houses, so those new houses, you know, get even more houses around them. So, but it's it's hard to say who else is being harmed, other than the yeah. Well, you get my point. I, I don't know what the uh, what we can argue against. <coughs> there you go. Sorry. Also uh, yeah. So, in in response to Councillor Reeve. The important thing is we might not like it, but we've got to look at policy. So it's clearly contrary to policy S7, and I think that's called out in the report. Um, so uh, it's not development that needs to be there, so it's contrary to that. Uh, it, we talk about paragraph 14 of the MPPF, and it talks about um, providing all the following apply under section 11A. Um, and so the, the question is um, we need to get um, absolute clarity uh, on the housing delivery being 45% of that required over the previous three years. So perhaps Mr Brown could help us with that or Madeline uh, Smith.
uh, Jones can help us with that as well because um, I'm not sure if all of those apply or not because if there's a tilted balance and we need to understand whether they really do apply or not. So it would be good to get an answer on paragraph 11A, please. But it is engaged. It is definitely engaged because we have not got a five-year land supply and we have got a three-year land supply. So that is, that is an absolute fact. So therefore, we have not got a five-year land supply. So paragraph 14 is engaged and the tilted balance is, is engaged. Uh, and the second part of what you've just said, just, just correct me slightly, S7 is only partially compliant with the MPPF in terms of it, you can't restrict things because it's in the countryside simply because it's in the countryside. You have to demonstrate there's been some harm from it. Um, hopefully that's answered your question. I'm sorry, apologies if it hasn't. Uh, well, I'm not quite sure if it's answered. Or, I'm not sure on 14 because he doesn't mention the five or the three year lands, but talks about 45% delivery. So I'm not clear on that part within 11A itself. Um, on paragraph 14, all of the um, paragraphs A, B, C, and D all have to. Um, yeah, I, I understand that. What I'm saying is, uh, for paragraph D as an example, it said that the local planning authority's housing delivery was at least 45% of that required over the previous three years. I don't understand what that actually means, whether whether we're up at that position or whether we're falling short of that position. So I just want clarity on that. Yeah, I don't know the answer on that because it fouls the other... Um, sections, I didn't look into that because it automatically fails and then you don't get the added protection of um, paragraph 14. So, so where, so perhaps this is a question for Mr Brown, where exactly are we with our uh, housing supply? Are we short of three years? Yes, we're 2.45 I think. Yeah, something that's two and a half, something like that at the moment. And, and I think I'll try to pick up Matt's questions. Because you have to fulfil all of those. Yeah, no, we I get earlier. We don't get that down in the list. That's yeah, why we're looking yeah, a bit on no, blast. Totally <laughs> we dream of going further down the list, Councillor Bagnall. Okay. <laughs> uh, I, I will say, Chair, just to finish, uh, I, I'm not in favour of uh, the way it's been constructed, but we have to we have to determine this on planning reasons. So. Uh, if we don't have any planning reasons to refuse it, I think we, we're on sticky ground. I agree with you, Councillor Bag oh, excuse me one more. <coughs> excuse, sorry. Um, I agree with you, Councillor Bagnall. Um, I just think it's creep. It's development by creep. Um, I just wonder when perhaps what might happen at the front of the um, site at Marinello itself. But, you know, that's just a comment from me. Um, Mr. Mr. Brown, can I just ask? And sorry, Councillor Lockwood, I will, you know I will come back to you. Um, the housing supply two point four five is what you said. When was that last taken? At can't remember what time of year we are. Yeah, it's usually the the, the, the big the big council usually carried out in in April, and then it it would have been. I think the last figures that were declared were probably during the summer. And uh, so, therefore, so you know, we're, we're probably in the second bit of the count now. But we're so short of three that it, I don't think we're anywhere there at this particular stage. Uh, see, I just wondered how, how far away it was from us at this point in time. You know, that was really just a curiosity. Thank you, Councillor Lachlan. Thank you. Well, I, I have found this quite difficult. Can I just ask, 
uh, a question of Mr Brown. Um, when neighbourhood plans are made, uh, don't they come to the planning committee to be, um, where they have to be approved by the planning committee? I think, I can admit, they, I think they go to either cabinet, it's cabinet that actually approves them. So it is actually the council that actually approves them? Because it, it does seem that, the, you know, districts, uh, parish councillors, they consult their residents, um, they spend time and they spend money making neighbourhood plans and they are consistently gone against as you said, it went to Cabinet, and a Cabinet approved the neighbourhood plan. That should be a good enough reason to refuse an application. To my mind, you're probably going to say no. And, you know, all this about don't have a five-year land supply doesn't mean to say that the uh, district has to put up with every um, inappropriate um, planning application. I'm not saying this one is, but any inappropriate uh, application that comes along. Uh, and I just find... That the, if you like, the democratic system in planning is being eroded. And I feel very sorry um, uh, for the first parish council because it must be like a kick in the teeth for them. Before we carry on, I'd just like to say I totally agree with you, Councillor. Yeah. And when that MP, when that came out of the MPPF, I hit the roof. I think it's hardly punishing, it's punishing people, especially how new the Felsted uh, neighbourhood planning is. That yeah. it and there are people out there, are parishes out there now, especially with the uh, situation with the local plan, maybe like, they are busily getting their, their neighbourhood plans together in the hope that it may protect them. And when you see something like this, they might fall off on the mind, they? And I, I'm just, I'm just, I feel quite disgusted about it, actually. That's, want... what, that's why we need to strive for a free land supply. That's yeah. what we need to be doing, which this will contribute to, unfortunately. I just
Thank you very much, Councillor Keaton. Councillor Pavard. It is immensely frustrating. Um, I, I do feel for Felstead. Um, but are we tilting at windmills by, you know, turning this down? I mean, it, it's awful, but maybe we have to do ourselves some favours and not just, you know, charge at this and, and have it turned down at appeal or, or have it upheld as appeal. Um, I don't know, but Members have to consult their hearts on this one, but I think we have to be fairly pragmatic and accept that we've, you know, we lose this one. Um, unless Mr. Brown can tell us that we might just scrape a three-year land supply in the meantime. We haven't got one at the moment, and that's the issue. Thank you very much, Mr. Brown. Um, Councillor, so, Councillor Pallon, you can take it down. Councillor Bagley. Uh, yeah, just a quick follow-up on the three-year land supply. I think I think the difficulty for us is that um, the three-year land supply is determined by the people that make the applications. So the slowing down of the building contributes to the, the problem. So uh, I'm not sure if this, this helps us or not. So whether we approve this or not, if they don't build, then we haven't got a three-year supply at point. Yes, that's right. It's actually, it's not just determined by planning. Well, it's more primarily, primarily driven by houses coming out of the ground, uh, which the current situation hasn't helped. But um, I think we are unblocking some major sites. So I'm still quite confident we will get to a three-year answer by certainly. And, uh, and, then, and then we on from there. But yeah, but it's not just granted planning permission. They have to come out of the ground as well. And this is why my banking is so appalling. And needs to be looked sorted. But that's another. That's that's, a, that's an argument for another place. Um, Council Lennon. Yes. Um, well, very regrettably, I think I would like to propose approval of, of this application. Thank you very much, Council Lennon. Can can I have a second for that, please? Councillor Caton, seconded. So, um, we have. Uh, Sorry, Chairman, I think Councillor Caton needs to visibly be saying that he's... Oh, sorry, yes, you do. Thank you very much. I'll second that. Thank you very much, Councillor Caton. We have a proposal to approve this application, regrettably, um, proposed by Councillor Lemon, seconded by Councillor Caton. Um, all those in favour of approval, and over to you, Elizabeth. Thank you, Madam Chairman. The proposal before the committee is to approve a grant of uh, planning permission for the development of seven dwellings at Maranello subject to conditions set out in the report and a unilateral undertaking in respect of Ramsar contributions. I'll now proceed to call the register, please, ladies and gentlemen. Councillor Bagnall? Councillor Caton? Councillor Freeman. Okay. Councillor McCount. Four. Councillor Lemon. Four. Councillor Knight. Against. Councillor Loftin. Against. Councillor Merrifield. Against. Councillor Pavitt. Four. Councillor Reeve. Four. And Councillor Sutton. Four. 
Thank you, Madam Chair. Uh, this application has been approved with seven in favour and four against. No abstentions. Thank you very much. Thank you. Um, moving on to item, agenda item 5, UTT 21208, planning in principle. Um, land at Parsonage Lane, the street High Easter. And it's back to you, Mr. Theobald. Thank you, Chair. Can you hear me? Yes, we can. Thank and you. Can you see the screen? Yeah. Okay. This, this application is for permission in principle for the erection of a maximum of five numbered dwellings at this site in High Easter. Uh, now the site lies on the east side of the street, um, also I think called either High Easter Road or Barnston Road, to the immediate south of Parsonage Brook, um, as shown by this outline in red here, and comprises for the purposes of the land, etched in red, a rectangular area of gently sloping meadowland, comprising 0.48 hectares. Um, it should be noted that this figure has been checked by the council and has been found by its own calculations to be 0.5 hectares, based on the proposed block plan. Now, um, the, the site is um, away from the, the main village centre here and uh, falls outside development limits for the village. Uh, there's an existing bus depot here, lodge coaches, and the applicant has been made by uh, Messrs R and A Lodge of Lodge Coaches. Got uh, a collection of listed buildings in the farmhouse here, and uh, there is this blue land here, which is pertaining to the applicant, uh, therefore within the applicant's control. Now, this is showing the site in uh, context, as I've just explained. Uh, this is heavily belted with trees here, uh, tree belt here. Sorry, Mr. Theobald. Sorry, Chair. As a, as a point of order, you're showing a picture of the site uh, in, in, in reality. But if you go back to your diagram, the, the land hatched in red was short of what you're showing me now. So which one is it? It's that one. Right. So what this you're showing me... This okay. is the site red. This is just purely for aerial photographs. Okay, uh, thank you. Okay. Thanks. Um, this is showing the, the site, which is this enclosed area here by post and rail fencing, just to clarify, and along here. This is a view of the site looking west to Parsonage Farm Barns, and this is the, the street or High Easter Road coming along behind uh, that frontage hedge there. This is a view of the site looking southwest across the application site. That is a view of the site looking east. Uh, in fact, the site is partially within this uh, photograph here. Uh, and this is land, as I say, pertaining to the applicant, which extends up to uh, uh, this land here. That's a view of the site looking south 
east with the post and rail fence here onto the southern boundary with this tree belt here. And this is a view of the site looking northeast towards Parsonage Brook, uh, which runs here with this large heavy belt of trees um, in the background. And uh, the land itself at the moment is, is put to um, hay meadow use. Now this is a proposed indicative block plan um, showing how five dwellings could be accommodated, up to five dwellings could be accommodated on the site with associated garaging and shared private access road. This is shown more particularly here. Uh, and this is a revised block plan which subsequently came in uh, following the receipt of the application. Um, it doesn't change at all the layout of the, the dwellings on the site and uh, means of access, um, as indicated shown. But it shows this red marked line here, which extends from the rear of the site to lodge coaches. Um, and it is suggested in the application for this um, uh, permission in principle uh, that there could be a connecting footpath route from the development to uh, lodge coaches um, in terms of being uh, increasing the sustainability of this proposal. Now, because this is an application in principle, um, it can only be determined in regard to the site's location, land use, and the amount of development, taking into account other material considerations, mainly housing supply. It doesn't take into consideration, um, unlike uh, an outline application, um, to do with means of access, which will be dealt with as what called stage two technical details stage, although uh, it is shown indictively on this site now plan. Ecology, heritage, design, housing mix, or affordable housing. Um, they, they are also matters to be dealt with um, at a, a subsequent um, full application. So, so you repeat, the only issue is the site location, land use, and the amount of development. And that is a, a closer-up uh, detail of what has been submitted. And um, as you can see, it's got a, a mix of, of dwellings here in a sort of a courtyard style. Yeah. So this is the proposal. The application has been assessed in terms of relevant um, national and local policy. Uh, this is a call-in request application by um, Councillor Susan Barker. Um, uh, and uh, that is at the discretion of the development manager. Uh, this application is recommended for refusal on the basis of the refusal reason uh, as set out in the back of the report, and the refusal reason is the proposed development would result in the urbanisation of the countryside, thereby causing significant harm to the rural character of the area, contrary to uh, policy S7, 
and the National Planning Policy Framework, where the development does not need to be there and no special reasons have been put forward by the applicant. Furthermore, the development would not contribute to sustainable patterns of development, given the site's location away from the main linear settlement along a Class 3 road, which does not have full paths or street lighting, contrary to Gen 1E of the local plan. The adverse impacts of the development will therefore significantly and demonstrably outweigh the benefits of the proposal, including the provision of housing, when assessed against the policies in the National Planning Policy Framework taken as a whole. It is therefore recommended, Chair, that this application be refused. Thank you. Thank you very much. We have quite a lot of few speakers on this one. Five speakers. And our first speaker is Mr. Robert Beer. Are you there, Mr. Beer? Yes, I am here. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. Oh, actually, well, afternoon. I'm not quite sure. So, if you would like to start, that would be lovely. Thank you. Good morning, committee, and thank you for this opportunity to speak. I am a neighbour of this proposed development. The case is brought forward on the grounds of UDC having no current district plan and an inadequate housing supply. However, it is entirely without merit and is speculative and opportunistic, with no basis in planning policy. The case fails entirely in not satisfying the tests required to demonstrate a sustainable de development, namely economic social and environmental. It is not the first time this applicant has proposed this development. The reasons for refusal last time are still entirely irrelevant. In 2015, UDC concluded that, quote, this site contributes to the rural character of the gateway approach to High Easter Village with the former parsonage and heritage 16th century farm buildings opposite. High Easter is a small type B village with few services site is not considered suitable for development because of the lack of services and the facilities in the village and the potential impact of the development on the rural character of the approach road and the conservation area. Five years on, this is still true and even fewer services now exist. The parish council have made comment due to their association with the applicants but are vehemently opposed to an identical proposed development at School Lane High Easter. This committee will be deciding on that case as well. The applicant and advisor as parish council chairman and deputy chairman have for many years consistently and zealously opposed any development in the parish outside the village development limits, which this proposal is. In recent time, the only such developments approved have been for affordable housing and at the Parsonage Brook Pig Farm, which EU regulations closed down. On what was a larger site than Parsonage Meadow, permission for one dwelling was eventually granted on the policy basis that an agricultural worker had lived on the site previously. The village was most supportive of losing a derelict pig farm, not so at the prospect of losing an ancient meadow with all its biodiversity. It is strange that the officer's report gives so much exposure to comments concerning the lodge of bus business. They are entirely irrelevant as the situation of the lodge bus business 
has no bearing on this case. The land and bus business are held and operated under an entirely separate and different ownership structure. When recently asked publicly, the applicant refused to confirm that any land monies would be used to support the bus business. The numbers quoted of those working at the bus business and living nearby are disputed. The vintage bus fleet continues to be increased. The school service has grown due to social distancing. In this small rural village, there are currently 32 HGV PSV registered licensed vehicles on the lodge bus fleet. In contrast, heritage consultancy comments on the harm this development would do to nearby heritage assets are fully grounded in planning policy MPPF 2019. It would have a significant, harmful and adverse effect upon the setting and character of the conservation area through the introduction of a development considered to be totally unsympathetic to its character. The proposed site's location has been previously identified by UDC planners as a key view and gateway to the village and is considered a buffer zone. MPPF requires that great weight is to be afforded the conservation of these heritage assets, paragraph 193. And any harm to a designated heritage asset should require clear and convincing justification, para 194. It concludes, as I do, that this proposal fails to make any positive contribution to the local character and distinctiveness of the heritage assets. It should be refused. Thank you for your kind attention. Thank you very much, Mr. Beaver. Um, our next speaker is Vicky Lockie. Hello. Yes, hello, hello. I'm Vicky Lockie. I am the person most directly impacted by this application as I live in the listed barn over the road and overlooked by the meadow out my window there. I think the planning officer got it right in recommending refusal of the application. To be approved, a proposed development must be sustainable. If and only if a proposed development is sustainable, is the tilted balance test considered. That test assesses whether the adverse impact of a development significantly outweighs the benefits. The development of the meadow is not sustainable. As you know, there are three dimensions to sustainability, economic, social and environment, environmental benefit. On economy, the application does not identify any long-term economic benefit to the village. On social, it tries to argue that the proposed development will support village facilities. There are not any meaningful facilities. The village has no pub, no shop, Local schools and doctor's surgeries are oversubscribed and we can't even get takeaways delivered. On environment, it's laughable for the applicants to say the proposed development is in, quote, an accessible location reducing the need to travel by private car. Anyone living in the village needs to have a car as the bus service is too limited to be of any practical use. I would not want to rely on it to get my groceries, let alone commute to a job. And it's a bit desperate to say that biodiversity will be improved by putting up some bat boxes. Since the application was made, 
Uttlesford have granted permission to build affordable housing in the village. Once built, this will meet our housing needs, identified by the 2016 Housing Needs Survey. The village does not need a development of unaffordable executive houses. Just because Uttlesford currently has no five-year plan does not mean this opportunistic application should be approved. Approving this would set a dangerous precedent and open the floodgates to unsustainable development. The planning officer says the development is not sustainable and further that the adverse impact to heritage heritage assets of urbanisation and unaffordable housing significantly and demonstrably outweighs the benefits of the proposal. As it is obvious that this application should be refused, you may ask why the Parish Council has not expressed a view and why this has been called in. What makes this a special case? Truth is, there is nothing about this application that makes it a special case. This is being treated differently because of who the applicants are. High Easter is a small, close-knit community. The applicants own and run Lodges Coaches, an employer of local significance. Robert Lodge is the chair of the parish council and his planning agent is the vice chair. When Robert Lodge addressed the parish council meeting, he focused on the difficulty Lodge's coaches faces because of COVID and his need for the development to bail out the business. You, you will hear from Neil that the parish council felt unable to oppose the application. It is clear that Robert's plea had an impact on some of the villagers too. This is a planning matter, not a decision about the economic viability of Lodges coaches. The applicants are not Lodges coaches. They own that business, but this is their personal application. And there is no guarantee that any proceeds of development would be put to support Lodges coaches. Nor indeed, if the application were to be successful, that any proceeds of development would be received in time to make a difference. This application is not a special case. It should not be decided by sympathy vote. It should be decided on the merits of planning law. I urge you to accept the recommendation of the planning officer and refuse the application. Finally, I went to sleep last night to the sound of owls hunting in the meadow. I hope I will continue to do so for many, many years to come. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, Our next speaker is, oh, I presume your husband, Charles Walkie. My son. <laughs> Sorry, not me. <laughs> I do apologise. It's all right. Um, uh, hi, everyone. Uh, my name's Charles. Um, I've lived directly across the road uh, from this planned development since I was 11. Um, so I checked up that um, my mum's the most affected person. I can see that in my window, too. Um, I'm currently a uni student in Bristol. Um, I'm home for the week at the moment, but this is where I primarily live. Um, I have two main concerns with this planning application. These are, one, uh, road safety, namely the lack of pavements and curbs on the approach road, and two, the idea that this site promotes sustainable travel. Um, So firstly, I'm not sure how familiar you are with the site, but it sits on High Easter Road, 
which runs from the A120 at Dunmo into the village. Between planned road connection, uh, the planned road connection, and the main uh, street of the village, uh, where the you know the, the cricket pitch, the play area, the village hall, the field are, there are no curbs or sidewalks. Pedestrians have to walk in the road. And this was highlighted um, earlier when you, you spoke. Um, the road is officially a 30 zone, but from experience I can tell you most cars exceed this. It's a long straight downhill. You can see the other side. There is also no street lighting. I've lived here since I was 11, and I can tell you that it was not safe walking back from the school bus in the dark. I would regularly have to stand in the bushes to avoid cars. If you had a young child, you would have to walk your pram in the middle of the road. I don't think anyone thinks that's a safe thing to do. Um, I, a little example, every couple of years the village puts on a pantomime. Um, I highly recommend you go and see the next one, uh, especially if you want to see David Kelsey in drag. To get to it, it's a three-minute walk uh, from here to the village hall. But if you had a young child, you would have to drive. It's simply not safe to walk. I would not call having to drive instead of walking three minutes a sustainable development decision. Um, and this is really my second point, which is that I object to the notion that this is a sustainable development, particularly with regards to transport. The planning application states that the site is located within easy walking distance of local services and facilities within the village. There are very few facilities. If you, yeah, it goes on to quote that this is an accessible location, reducing the need to travel by private car compared to more remote areas of the district. They actually say this twice. Um, here is the transport link. There is one bus a day on Tuesday, Thursday, Friday and Saturday. It leaves at 9.30 in the morning and it arrives at 1.30 in the afternoon. This is on average less than one bus a day leaving the village. And the times are particularly prohibitive. If you want to commute to work or go to after school activities or go to the doctors or the dentist, go shopping. You probably can't even go on a coffee date in Chelmsford. There just isn't time. You have to drive. Calling this site an accessible location and suggesting that there are usable public transport links is a, a colourful interpretation of the truth. It's really reminiscent of a Donald Trump tweet. I particularly object to the framing of this point. The wording that you need to, uh, sorry, the wording reducing the need to travel by a private car compared to more remote areas of the district paints the picture that there is a usable bus service in Paisley. And as I said, there is not. The claim that this is better than the surrounding countryside and this will reduce car use, which is a, a point they especially make in regard to sustainability, this isn't fooling anyone. If you give this planning application enough time, I'm sure it would argue the dark side of the moon is an accessible location since we've landed on it before. High Easter has no useful public transport links. This development will increase car use. There is simply no alternative. And for that reason, I do not think it is sustainable. And I think you should reject. Thank you. Thank you very much. Our next speaker is Councillor Reeve. Thank you, Chair. Um, Councillors, um, my name is Neil Reeve and I speak as a parish councillor for High Easter Parish Council. I chaired the extraordinary parish council meeting which considered this application. The, our normal chair, um, the parish council, well, our chair of the parish council is of course one of the applicants of this agenda item as you've heard. The parish council Zoom meeting uh, for this item was attended by the very high number of 42 Zoom connections 
This illustrates the keen interest in the parish concerning this application, and there have been many written submissions. Due to a range of pecuniary interests, only three of the normally seven high Easter parish councillors were able to take part in the parish council discussion to determine its response. And these three councillors agreed to neither support or object to this application, but rather to submit a response to Oxford that summarised the points raised by all parties. And I will now summarise those uh, points that were submitted to you. Firstly, there is a view that allowing development in this site would set a precedent and open the floodgates to further development in and around the village, contributing to the urbanisation of High Easter. The field between the houses of the north side of the street and this application is a particular concern and residents are of the view that allowing this site would make this land highly vulnerable to development. Since, since the submission of this application, a site on the eastern boundary of the village, envelope, for four affordable housing units promoted by the parish council has been approved, which is good. Further, an application has been submitted for five units on a site on the western edge of the village, the start of um, uh, further development proposals. Secondly, some residents support small development growth would would enhance the character of the village, whilst having little adverse effect on the local infrastructure and bring in new families to contribute to village life. Uttlesford District Council, the next point, uh, in 2015, the Call for Sites programme, rejected an application for the site, uh, addressing, past, addressing Parsonage Meadows, the discussed site, uh, as development of this site would not contribute to sustainable patterns of development. Residents are of the view the reasons for the rejection are still applicable. The Parish Council notes that at this time High Easter was classified a Type B village. Fourth point, the loss of meadowland is not to be considered likely at a time when globally we are asked to consider the consequences of exploitation of the natural world. Meadows matter greatly and loss of habitat for wildlife is incalculable. Others commented on the impact on the biodiversity of the wider site created by Parsonage Brook and the meadow itself. Five, the application site forms part of the gateway into the village. And the, conservation area, and the conservation area appraisal records, a key gateway to the village is where Heister Road crosses over Parsonage Brook, through the brook, though the brook itself is hidden from view. Whilst the site is currently fronted by tall hedgerows and vegetation, Parish Council would not want to see any development design that challenged this key village gateway or compromised the setting of the listed buildings opposite the site. On highway safety, the site is in the 30 mile an hour zone. There is no pavement from the site into the village, no street lighting or curbing. The applicant submitted options for pedestrian access to the village and the parish council recognises that this is not a matter of consideration at the PIP stage, this stage, uh, and further information would be required at the technical detail stage to determine if there was a workable plan. Finally, Easter does not have primary or secondary school, although there is a daily preschool in the village hall. There is no shop nor pub. It does have a local cafe and a two-hour weekly mobile post office and a very limited bus service running four times a week to Chelmsford and Dunmore a few 
as you've just heard from, um, from the speaker. The Parish Council recognises that Lodges has the contract for secondary school buses, which allows residents to access a paid service to a number of different schools. The lack of village facilities increases the need to travel by private car, which is counter to the environmental sustainability pillar of the MPDF, particularly now that Uttlesford has declared an environmental and ecological emergency. Hence, the Parish Council apologises for not stating a clear conclusion for or against this application, but I hope that you understand the background reasons for this, and you will note that the majority of the above planning points are found back in the officer's report. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Perfectly timed, Councillor. Um, can I... Uh, Ms. Smith, does Councillor leave, leave, leave now or at the end of the next speaker? Go into the waiting room. Can you tell me? It would be... Um, the next speaker is... Um, I believe it's the applicant and his agent who are sharing the slots. There's no objection to Councillor Reed listening to these speakers, but then if he could recuse himself during the debate of the vote, please. Thank you very much. I just wanted to, I wasn't quite sure if it was now or then after that. Thanks very much. Thank you. Um, so we have two speakers now um, sharing the time, and that's the agent, <coughs> Paul Sutton, and the applicant, um, Mr. Robert Porch. So who, which one of you is going to speak first? Is it Mr. Sutton or Mr. Watch? Uh, Mr. Lodge is going to go first. Can I just confirm, uh, Madam Chair? The, uh, we've got five minutes each, I understand. Yes, you, yes, you have. Right, thank you. So, Mr. Lodge? Yes, hello, Madam Chair. Okay. Just, to, just to correct myself, it's, it's ten minutes in total. Yes. So, 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 therefore, it's so, so, Mr. So Mr. Lodge could take longer than five minutes, but it will be biting into your time. That's all you just need to be mindful of. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Um, Madam Chair, Councillors, uh, my statement does not attempt to address the legislation around planning policy. I merely wish to explain to you the background as to why my brother and I have been forced to make this application. In 1915, my grandfather, Joseph Lodge, aged 19, left High Easter and joined the Essex Yeomanry. He then transferred to Reserve Regiment of the Dragoons and then finally the Royal Horse Artillery. During his time in the forces, he saw active service abroad and was taught driving and mechanical skills. In 1919, he was demobbed and returned to High Easter, where he spent the rest of his life. In 1920... He borrowed seven and six from his mother and bought a Model T truck, which he converted to carry six passengers and various goods. And with this, he started a regular service into Chelmsford and Great Dunmark. A hundred years on, and the company still runs that service. Four times a week, and provides a vital link for many villagers between Chelmsford and Great Dunmark, used by all age groups, but in particularly by the elderly who have no other form of transportation. The company, now three generations on, is run by myself, my brother and my cousin. Currently employed 29 people. Nine of those live in High Easter Parish, and the rest live within a 10-mile radius. We have a fleet of 40 vehicles 
and run holiday and day excursion programs, plus school trips, private hire and school contracts. Our fleet of vintage coaches and our museum has provided entertainment and had groups visit from all over the country. Our site also houses a village cafe, which we provide rent-free. This employs five local people and provides a hub for parishioners to meet. It also facilitates the only post office in the village uh, one morning a week. When COVID struck in March 2020, we had to close for six months and put the majority of our staff on the furlough scheme. Without this, I'm certain we would not still be operating. As you're aware, in three days' time, this scheme finishes. After lockdown was announced, we lost virtually all of our work for 2020, almost overnight. My brother and I looked at ways to support our business in any way we could. We applied for and received £25,000 from the Oxford District Council under their discretionary grant scheme. We took this as a sign that Oxford District Council wants us to survive. Whilst we were very grateful for this grant and appreciate how lucky we are to receive it, it's simply not enough to support 29 staff and our day-to-day business costs until next summer, when we hope demand will once again rise for our services. Last year was one of our best trading years in recent memory, and this projected bookings for the, and the projected bookings for this year much higher than previous, so we are a viable local business and employer. In the three years that Atlas for Business Awards have been running, we've entered twice for the business in the community category and won it on both occasions. I am in the position to have witnessed many changes in High East over the years and have seen many houses built. When we moved from our old site in the middle of the village over 20 years ago, nine houses were built there and many of the people moved in there are still there. They've raised their families and made it their forever home. About 15 years ago, Hartlesford allowed a rural housing development of 12 houses to be built. Gradually over time, all the infield sites and the old barns have been developed into houses. Our village life would be far less rich if it were not for the efforts of the many residents that moved into the said places. As was said by previous speakers, I've served on the Parish Council for 16 years, seven of these as chairman, and been proud to do so. I've supported village teams, events and projects that have helped make highs for a better place to live. The very last thing my brother and I want to do is spoil the community we live in. Hence why we have kept the application to a small development. I hope from what I've said you can see that our business is and has always been wrapped up in the village of High Easter. We've supported many local clubs and events over the years and provided home to school transport for many generations of local children. I have two children of my own, both of whom live in the village and contributed on many occasions to the betterment of the parish. They have in future intention and desire to make take over the family business and it would be a great personal pain to me if I was at the helm when it all went wrong, denying them this opportunity. At this point, I'd like to stress that I'm aware that under normal circumstances, this statement would bear little consideration. But as, all, as we all know, COVID has changed the world we live in. In conclusion, I appreciate planning is not there to support business. But I feel that location of the PIP site we have put forward before you fits well into the village 
without being intrusive or disruptive to local residents. At less than half a hectare and a maximum of five houses that will not be overlooked, we think this site would not impede on the village. It would address a small, in a small way the housing shortage across Uppersford, have minimal impact on up infrastructure and provide potential work for local builders whilst securing jobs for residents of Arlesford. Thank you. Thank you very much, Mr Lodge. Mr Sutton. Yes, thank you, Chair. Um, the Council cannot currently demonstrate a five-year housing land supply. In such situations, the National Planning Policy Framework states that those policies which are the most important determining this application are considered to be out of date. Accordingly, permission should be granted unless adverse impacts of doing so would significantly and demonstrably outweigh the benefits when assessed against the MPPF policies taken as a whole. The 2005 Uttlesford Local Plan is now painfully out of date in terms of its purpose, its strategy, its content and its housing delivery policies. It does not meet the requirement for the Council to have an up-to-date plan and it is not a strong foundation on which to refuse planning permission. These are not my words, but the words of an independent planning inspector which were given on a very recent planning appeal decision on a housing site in the countryside on the edge of Elsner. The inspector went on, where policy S7 is used to restrict housing, it cannot be seen to be consistent with the language of the MPPS. Applying the restraints of policy S7 will continue to compromise the Council's ability to meet its future housing requirements. Overall, it must be concluded that settlement boundaries in Uttlesford are not inviolable. In the light of the Council's five-year housing land supply position, the most important policies for determining this application are out of date. In addition, these policies are not consistent with the MPPF. This strictly limits the weight that can be attached to any conflict with policy S7. It also engages the default position in paragraph 11D. The planning balance therefore shifts in favour of the grant of consent, unless the council is able to demonstrate harm, which significantly and demonstrably outweighs the benefits. So what benefits are there? Provision of five dwellings, possibly including one affordable dwelling, in a district with an acknowledged acute shortage of market and affordable housing. Economic benefits during construction and support to local services and facilities through the addition of five new families in the village. But most importantly, the survival of a long-standing local business that employs 29 people and provides both directly and indirectly services that benefit the local community, particularly the elderly and non-car drivers. These include the regular bus services to Chelmsford and Great Dunmo, buses taking local children to school, the village cafe and post office service, and the Heritage Motor Museum. Although the site is outside the settlement boundary for the village, it is in very close proximity to that boundary and is not read as part of the wider open countryside surrounding the village. It is very well screened and there are no technical objections to the development of the site. The site adjoins but is not within the adjacent conservation area. The impact of any new development on the wider setting of High Easter Conservation Area and nearby listed buildings must be considered. And in this respect, it is noted that a heritage impact assessment would accompany the technical details consent stage should permission in principle be approved. 
At this stage, however, it is worth noting that the existing landscape screening is such that a very low-density development of five detached houses would be largely unseen except within the site itself and at the entrance into the site. As a result, initial assessments suggest that this would constitute a very low level of less than substantial harm to the wider settings of this part of a conservation area and nearby listed buildings. Criticism has been made of the isolated nature of the site and the lack of any footway along the High Easter Road. However, it would be possible to create a new footpath cycleway to the east of the site on land in the ownership of the applicants that could run through to the street close to the village hall, the snub cafe, the bus shelter at the end of Jeff's Close, and the village hall is also the site of the um, local children's nursery. Such detail could also be provided and agreed as part of the technical details consent stage. Overall, we believe the benefits of proposed development are clear and the Council's Economic Development Officer has expressed support for the proposals in the special and personal circumstances of this particular case. Policy S7 should be afforded little weight as agreed by an independent planning inspector and the village settlement boundaries are not sacrosanct. We would urge members to support this application and save this important local business and the jobs and services it provides. Thank you. Thank you very much, Mr Sutton. I will open that up. I will wait till Councillor Reeve goes into the waiting room. Yeah, and can I also say something as well? Because um, during the speakers, there was a lot of chat and, and from, uh, on the merits of the case. Can it, I mean, this is not aimed at members, it's aimed at the speakers. Can we stop? Uh, the chat is for issues in terms of if you can't hear something or something like that, it's not to make um, comments about it and don't intrude in the debate. It is no different to standing up and shouting in the chamber. So so can people stop using the chat process? Right, so that wasn't, that was, um, Councillor Reeve, you were Yes, I just I hadn't actually looked at it. It was mostly so that was visitors. That was our speakers talking, wasn't? Just with you, I yes. don't think members members have responded to any of it, and so they, they, and right. I think members we're probably more familiar with dealing with it this way than, than, than the public speakers are. I don't think members have been turned by it, well, but it could have an impact if it's if there's chat been happening whilst the debate's coming been coming out. Yeah, thank you very much. Well, Councillor Reeve has now. Waiting room, so I'll open up the discussion. So, first is Councillor Lickard. Well, I've got uh, a few points to say, um, uh, a couple of major questions really. In the first instance, I saw that I'd like to ask who owns the land all the way down towards the main road, because I've just heard that the footpath is owned by the applicants. So, Parsonage Farm, yeah, that land that's on the mountain, there's some noise, I believe. Uh, here's some, there's some speaking. Somebody's got, I think it might have stopped now. It has gone now, it's okay. But <laughs> my question is, who owns the land? Um, further down towards the main road because I believe that's got to be the applicant because I've just heard that the footpath will pass <coughs> through the applicant's land. So I'd like clarification. 
quotation on that, please. My second one is, it says in the application, it's 0.48 of hectares, and the council have said it's not 5.1. That's my second point. Um, and my last point is, can I come back and uh, make a proposal at the end, please, Chair? Yes, you can. You'll have to probably remind me, but yes, you can. Um, Councillor Light. Thank you, Chair. Um, yes, I think that issue of the land ownership is important because um, this could signal a um, development creep. Uh, I have to say that um, I can see no real reasons for the plot. I have every, for the development. I have every sympathy uh, with the lodge family's concerns about their business, and I, I do hope that it picks up. However. I have to say that I have even more sympathy for the uh, speakers who spoke against this proposal. And I have to say that this is a fine example of concreting over our countryside. Um, it is unsustainable, it is unnecessary, and it is inappropriate. And I would certainly propose that it is refused. Thank you. Thank you very much, Councillor Light. Uh, Councillor Pallet. Thank you, Chair. Um, I'd simply like to propose that we uphold the officer's recommendation. I'd like to propose a refusal. Um, well, thank you. I'd actually said Councillor LeCon could come back and do that, but that's fine. Um, Councillor Bagnall? Well, sorry, Chair, point of order there. Now that we've had a proposal, do we have to deal with that? Um, well, I'd, said, I'd actually said to Councillor LeCon, so I'm not taking Councillor Pavitt's. Okay. Yep. doesn't matter because we haven't had a second yet, so you're fine. Yeah. If I, can, if I can help, Madam Chair, I believe Councillor Light indicated that she would wish to propose refusal, and then Councillor Pavitt similarly proposed, which I suppose might be taken to amount to a secondment. I'm happy to second Councillor Barbara Light's proposal, if that's what it is. Well, I, okay, that's what you heard. I didn't hear that she was saying she would. It sounded like she would do. The word I've got is would like to. So if I, if I can ask Councillor Light to clarify, was that a uh, an actual proposal or merely a statement of potential intent? Uh, it was a proposal. Thank you. Thank you. Well, perhaps you can make it clearer next time, please. Thank you. Um, so, Councillor um, Lecomte, you've actually been picked. No, 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 no pun intended. So, um, sorry, I didn't mean to. Do, I didn't actually mean to do that until I, I realised what I said. Um, uh, so, we have a proposal um, by Councillor Light, seconded by Councillor Pallet to uphold this refusal to accept this refusal all those yeah, are... Jim, can i just can i just suggest is councillor bagnall content with that because that yes. seems to have emerged around his original comment so yeah. I, i'm i'm fine with that because in terms of process if we've had a proposal on a second we have to deal with that first that's one of my like <laughs> okay thank you right so 
proposal to uphold this refusal by council, proposed by council, like seconded by council, have it. All those in favour of this proposal. Over to you, Elizabeth. Thank you, Madam Chair. We have a proposal to accept the officer's recommendation and refuse this application. Proposed by Councillor Light, seconded by Councillor Pavlich. If I can now call the register, please. Councillor Bagnall. Councillor Cason. Councillor Freeman. Except for. Councillor LeCount. Councillor Lemon. Councillor Light. For refusal. Councillor Loughlin. For refusal. Councillor Merrifield. For refusal. Councillor Pavitt. For refusal. And Councillor Sutton. For refusal. That's a, that is a unanimous refusal, Madam Chair, with one recusal and therefore an abstention. Thank you very much. If we could um, readmit Councillor Reeve, please. Thank you very much to all the speakers for coming. And um, if you could now read, that would be very good. And good afternoon to you all. Thank you. And um, to the members, Councillor Reeve, Councillor Reeve has returned now. Hello, Councillor Reeve. Um, it is now 10 to, or 8 minutes to 1, so I do not intend to take another up agenda item 6, which will be, we will start after lunch. So can I suggest that we start at, I'm counting up here, sorry, 5 to 2. If we go back for 5 to 2, okay? Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. 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 Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned.
Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned.
Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned.
Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned.
Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned.
Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned.
Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned.
Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned.
Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned.
Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned.
Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned.
Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned.
Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned.
Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned.
Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned.
Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned.
Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned.
Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and colleagues, welcome back to our planning committee meeting. Our first order of this afternoon's agenda item 6, UTT 20-0083, full application at Elmswood, Brickend, Broxted. And the planning officer presenting is Mark Sawyers. Good afternoon, Mark. so I can see the 
committee so I can see their hands, Mark. That would be wonderful. Thank you. Thank you very much. So we have, let me just get rid of that a little bit closer down. Thank you. So Councillor Pavitt first and then Bagnall. Yeah, just a quick one about <coughs> about the drainage. I mean the parish council raise it as an issue from a neighbour. Um, and that would suggest that it is a they they refer to it as a serious drainage problem. Um, I wonder why we're not therefore conditioning some kind of um, you know, drainage condition to, to resolve that problem. Let me to do this one, Mark. It's up to you if you want. If you're happy to, Mark. Yeah. First of all, just to clarify the issue, this application, okay, even I think this is ditto for the next one as well, but just for this one from the start. This is a single dwelling, and usually on applications less than 10, i.e. less than major applications, uh, we do not consult the, the council's the, the county council's SUDS team. And the SUDS team are, are consulted and they're a statutory constitution in all major applications. What happens on the smaller applications, they're not consulted, but issues around drainage of the site are usually sorted out as part of the regulations. I've spoken to the parish about this since the agenda came out, and the parish have raised the issue of the absence of condition. I don't think we have erred by not putting the condition on it, but it is in members' gift for us if we want a condition to be attached for us to attach one. Um, this is always the ones that the, the smaller ones do not have drainage conditions. You will probably see that from all the other conditions that we've got, but from the local information, if Brox did feel that there is a drainage problem down there, then they should know. Um, we're more than happy to put a condition off if members resolve to approve this, um, that we can have a condition. Thank you, Mr. Brown. Councillor Pavitt, okay? Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Councillor Bagnall. It was along the same lines, so uh, I'm aware that there is an issue. So I'll take up the offer of Mr. Brown to say we do need to put a condition in regarding drainage. Uh, happy to take advice from Mr. Brown on what the wording should be, but there definitely needs to be a condition around drainage. I would agree, Councillor Yes, Councillor Sutton. Can I just uh, confirm that um, the, uh, the note that I've got is um, the, there's a blocked drain of surface water on Elmswood land, and it's a safety issue as well as, as a serious inconvenience for neighbours. So it's actually, yeah, it's really important uh, because we have a really big water, um, you know, take up in that part of the since the start of the work there. Can yeah. I, can I, sorry, Nigel. Can I just ask, is this, um, is this in your wards? Is this in your ward? Did you, did you want to make a declaration of interest, possibly, because I just suspect that it's actually in your ward, like I, like I, because I forgot, didn't I? It's in Felsted, that other one. Yeah. Can't hear, sorry, you're muted, Councillor Sutton, sorry. It is in our ward, it is in our ward, sorry, we should have said, it's, oh, I, it's just that I forgot as well, wasn't it, so I just wanted to mention that, yeah. I'm happy, I'm really pleased to see that the uh, position, as long as it has been pushed back, the actual boundary, because obviously that was about 16, it's about 16 foot difference between the, that, those two properties and the one next door, and they were all level at one stage, I'm sure, I'm sure Nigel's got all that under control. So to pick the first of all, the question about the drainage issue. That was a mischievous look, Councillor Sutton. 
Um, the Claudia condition in terms of um, the looking at the parish's comments, um, the parish has said the parish council would like the planning authority to impose conditions so that the house cannot be built without resolving problems of drainage and surface water. So I think what we should do is have a condition that says no development should take place until, until details of surface water, including clearance of uh, surface water, because it's done by ditches, I'm sure, so by, by way of ditches. And now that would mean that the ditches work. It basically, they just need to clear the it's nothing, None of this is absolutely massively scientific. You just need to clear the ditches out. But I think in terms of, so I think that, that's what it is. So it's a scheme of the surface water. And in terms of what you've just alluded to, and that's why I looked slightly nonplussed when you mentioned it to me earlier in the week, um, the issue um, in terms of the highway encroachment is covered within condition... Uh, of the highway boundary shown on the attached drawing by removal of all unauthorised encroachments across the entire site frontage. Scheme of works can be seen as improving right by the local highway. So we're going to have to have that anyway. So it's, it's, it, that's quite a chunk of highway land that they've encroached on there, looking at the photographs. And so therefore, that, so therefore, so we're going to have two schemes. We'll have a, if members resolve to approve this subject to that additional condition, we'll have a condition about surface water, and that condition will, will, will restore the, the encroached highway land. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, Councillor Bagnall again. Sorry, Chair, it's just about your uh, point about the uh, declaring an interest. I don't think we need to declare an interest as ward members. I'm not on the parish council and I haven't called it in. So I, I think just being ward members, we, I'm sure Miss Smith will tell us, but I don't think we have to declare an interest because we're ward members. It's not, it is not an interest per se, but it's always helpful to state it as an informative. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Uh, right. Hang on. Am I, I'm looking to see if there's anybody else wanting to speak, and it doesn't appear to be. So, from those that have spoken, would somebody like to put forward a proposal, please? Councillor Pavitt, you were the first to speak, so perhaps you'd like to put forward a proposal? Uh, thank you. What? Sorry, but... Yeah, yes, thank you. I'm, I'm inclined to propose that this is uh, accepted, subject to the condition with regards to the surface drainage. Um, um, Mr. Brown will undoubtedly, you know, word that as necessary, but to clear the drains and to provide adequate future drainage or whatever the terms might be. So, proposal to accept. <coughs> and Councillor um, Sutton, you have to speak, as I say, if you I'll second that. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for that. So, we have a motion to um, propose a proposal to approve this application proposed by Councillor Pavitt, seconded by Councillor Sutton. All those in favour of approval of this application, over to you, Elizabeth. Thank you, Madam Chair. Motion before the committee is to um, grant planning permission in respect of this application with the addition of a condition dealing with the question of surface drainage. Now, if I can go through the register, please, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Councillor Bagnall? Four. Councillor Caton? Four. Councillor Freeman? Four. Councillor LeCount? Four. Councillor Lemon? Four. Councillor Light? Four. 
Councillor Laughlin? Councillor Merrifield? Four. Councillor Pavitz? Four. Councillor Reeve? Four. Councillor Sutton? Four. Thank you. That's a unanimous approval of this application subject to the addition of, a, addition of an extra condition pertaining to surface water drainage. Thank you very much, Elizabeth. And on to agenda item 7, UTT 20-0084, full application. And again, at Elmswood, Rick and Roxted, and then over to you, Mark. Thank you very much, Lawyers. This application is the sister application for the one you've just seen. It's the one marked in red. It's only slightly different in size. Uh, this one is 985 metres squared. It's the same surface treatments. It's laid to grass and part It's very similar to the house you just... Uh, similar elevations. And it will sit to the right of the plot. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Um, if has anybody got any comments? If not, anybody? No. Okay. Uh, uh, sorry, Councillor. If you could like to put your hand up, Councillor Lee, that would be great. But yes, yeah. I, I didn't have time to. Uh, I thought that. Nobody else wanted to. Uh, the only real comment is I just saw in that last picture there was a massive gate at the front. Is that in keeping with the um, uh, local environment or am I misunderstanding something? Uh, is that not going to go? Yeah, uh, that's, yeah, sorry, that's part of the highway encroachment stuff that's going to have to go because it's certainly not in keeping, Councillor Reed. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's part of that. I would actually think that might have gone across a ditch, you know, that whole encroachment. Might have gone across a ditch. Yeah, that's what is causing some, a lot of the flooding. Yeah. Can, uh, I, can I just come in? Um, I'm not sure what the Council of Sutton's declared an interest on this one. It's a separate one. It's the same. I think, can't, can we, thank you, Councillor Lever, but I think we could probably take it, given it's the same. It's just affected within. It's essentially the same site, Madam Chair. That's right, yeah, thank you very much. Thank you, Councillor Lennon. Okay, I'll, I will propose then that we approve this application. Okay. Chairman, before we do that, can I suggest we have the additional condition again? Because I was... I'm sorry, I was, I was about to see that my hand up. Oh, sorry, I was about to see Because I can't see it, Councillor. Oh, sorry. Councillor Battle, sorry, I had pushed my screen down or up and I. That's why I couldn't see it. So uh, that's fine, Chair. It was only going to cover what you're going to cover in your proposal anyway. It's to add the additional conditioning. Yeah. So that's why I was just, I, I hadn't forgotten. I was about to say it. Sorry. And then people were flat, waving hands at me. Councillor Sutton, are you okay with that? So to approve this application with the addition of the other condition as, as per the um, 0083. 
and I would seek a second. Councillor Sutton, you hand up for a second. You need to say it. You could say it. Yes. yes. Thank you very much. Thank you. Um, okay, all those in favour of approving this application proposed by myself, the Chair, um, seconded by Councillor Sutton, all those in favour, and over to you again. Thank you. Thank you, Madam Chair. The motion before the committee is for the approval of the application for planning permission on the second plot at Elmswood, Rickend, Broxted, subject to the addition of an, an additional condition pertaining to surface water drainage. I can call the register again, please, Councillor Bagnall. Councillor Caton. Councillor Freeman? Four. Councillor LeCount? Four. Councillor Lennon? Four. Councillor Light? Four. Councillor Lachlan? Four. Councillor Merrifield? Four. Councillor Pavitt? Four. Councillor Reeve? Four. Councillor Sutton? And that is also unanimous, Madam Chair. Thank you very much, and thank you very much, everybody. Um, so we will go on to agenda item eight, and it's UTT 217534, Friarton and Chatter End Road, Farnham. And the officer is Nathan. And Could you just bear with us, Chair, as we admit, admit everyone? Yes, Yes. Thank you. We're there. The screen now. Oh. Oh. Is he there? Is he there? Yep. Sorry, now I'm just waiting for everyone to be. I was just waiting. <laughs> Are we good to go? We're, we're, we're clear now, Chair. We're okay to go. Okay, thank you very much. If you could share your screen, that would be great. Thank you, Chair. Good afternoon, everyone. And here is my presentation for the planning application known as Brighton. Uh, this is for the erection of one detached dwelling with a new access, uh, the erection of a detached garage, uh, proposed and host dwelling. This is a revised planning application following the approval of Planning Commission UTT 200243 FUL back in March. Uh, so this just shows the existing uh, site of the plan at the moment with Friton and its uh, pretty generous curtilage forward to it. Uh, we'll just go into grainy detail on the site and block plan, but here's our proposed site and block plan uh, showing the dwelling in its revised form as well as the shed. The key difference between this and the previously approved application uh, is the new access. Uh, a small number of other changes are proposed to the dwelling and garage. Um, it's just showing the elevations. Uh, many of the amendments are on the material, which are detailed within the officer's report. But a key uh, the other amendment being proposed is the addition of the first floor accommodation with the garage, provided home office and some storage area. Uh, this is a topographical plan, just kind of showing 
sigh and various trees of wildlife. Uh, these are the elevations for the previously approved application, uh, J243, again, just showing the outline of dwelling, again, with its kind of large uh, size and scale, so the differences uh, in the garage as well, including the accommodation first floor of the office and storage area. And finally, this is just an aerial photo showing uh, Friedson, so it's neighborhood dwellings nearby, other quite of way, adjacent houses Thank you very much. It's just important to uh, also inform uh, members as well that some late representations were received, which I believe were forwarded onto your individual email addresses. Yes. Uh, representations do not share anything new. They are objections on the grounds that have been summarised within the officer's committee report. Okay, thank you very much, Nathan. That's great. Um, we have... Uh, Five, six speakers this. Um, so we have Mr. Oh, it's Councillor Chris Smith, but he's speaking for the public, I believe. The public speaker. So, Councillor Smith? Uh, yeah, my original objection was before I was a councillor, so um, I prefer to speak for myself. Right, that's fine. Yeah, council. I was going to say because you, you have. Parish councillors, so you have four minutes. Cool. Um, thanks. Uh, I've always had concerns um, about this development since the original application some years ago. Increasing the housing footprint in the parish was opposed by the vast, vast majority of residents, as expressed in the parish plan. The applicant is well aware of this, as they're on the committee. I've read the response of the applicants. The applicants to the objection received on the website include a detailed objection from my parish colleagues. The wording of the response from the applicants is a little misleading as it implies that improvements in safety have been made in response to the objections. This is not the case as the applicants' plans were submitted to the District Council several months ago and have not been revised since then. Therefore, the concerns and objections I still believe are relevant. As an example, although sightline improvements have been made, these are only valid from the point of view of the applicants and do not address the safety issues for traffic using the lane. Even constructing the pulling for delivery vehicles causes a hazard to other road users, especially pedestrians and horse riders. The suggested move of the new house towards the west does not reduce the impact on neighbouring houses because of the size of the house with the high roof line. I have concerns about the proposal to construct a new drive to the planned new house and feel it could well establish future precedent. I'm surprised the highways have not raised any objections when they were so concerned about the effect on the public right-of-way, which my, me and my family use daily, and the potential dangers to chat around from previous applications. It would appear that there is some inconsistency in recent decisions by highways and know that the planning committee also expressed this concern at a previous meeting concerning the same application. That's all for me, thanks. Thanks for giving me the time. Thank you very much, Mr Smith. Thank you. Our next speaker is 
Monica River, Rivers Latham. Hi, yeah. Uh, thanks for allowing me to speak in support of this application. Uh, my husband and I support both the outline and the approved full application. And we do welcome the revisions, actually, which bring additional benefits to us living opposite. Uh, they avoid the destruction of the roadside beach hedge. Um, there's reduced visual impact of what's been approved. And we think there is a bit of an improvement to road safety for our group of houses in Chatterend. We're one of three immediate neighbours who border Fireton. We've all written to support this application. Kettlewell Cottage borders to the west. Our house is opposite, bordering to the north. And Fire Chatterend borders to the northeast. And like us, they look directly onto the Fireton site. Um, we're disappointed that Parish Council in its response ignored the benefits to us as immediate neighbours. We're surprised that they seem to have taken this fact. Um, Assertations that perhaps aren't quite true or always supported by evidence. And I mainly focus on the proposed revisions and not what's been approved already in order to come to my own conclusions. Our kitchen window looks directly onto the footpath and up the proposed new driveway and our living room looks onto the roadside beach hedge. And I can see key benefits from these revisions as follows. Avoiding the loss of the beach hedge, reduced visual impact because the garage and house in these revisions are better aligned behind Fireton from our perspective. And this gives us a clearer view from the uh, south from our kitchen and living room across the fields to the village. And I think Chatterend will have a similar benefit um, next door, number five. And also... Um, the proposed pitch of the garage roof and the skylights have no visual impact for us because they're in line with the existing development building that's been approved. Um, I do think there is route, uh, improved route sa road safety because um, there's like uh, additional traffic from the new house is taken off of the Chatterend Hill and uses the purpose-built drive and this reduces uh, sort of turning traffic opposite the entrance to the footpath and our driveway improves road safety because walkers come off the footpath and cross over to join the footpath on the other side of the road and traffic will actually be taken away from that kind of point where everything crosses. Um, if they use the driveway, it will be, uh, which is being proposed, the new one. And an additional parcel place and turning space. So the new entrance is on opposite number five, Chatterend, and they at the moment have to reverse on or off their drive, and it's very narrow, and they've got no turning. And it will help them to do this safety if they, safely if there's a new passing place. And it's also giving a bit of room where supermarket deliveries and oil deliveries genuinely sort of block the road whilst they're there. And also we welcome this additional passing place because it avoids people either using the narrow footpath entrance or reversing up Chatterend and onto our drive to let traffic pass. Um, so also Kettlewell Cottage next door is um, a listed property and so if they move some of the traffic off of the shared driveway and onto this new access, it's going to be sort of a benefit for that property as well. So I wanted, I wanted just to sort of uh, emphasise that as immediate neighbours, we do understand the benefits and have been consulted on the detail of these revisions by Mr and Mrs King all the way through. And we note that concerns are by people who live much further away. And the proposals aren't from developers or for financial gain. They're actually from residents who love our village 
have been involved in all the village activities and they want to stay there for the retirement in a house which is a more manageable sized plot. Thank you for your attention. Thank you very much. Um, our next speakers and our councillor um, in Delville, and the parish clerk, he's a German. Can I remind you, gentlemen, that you have five minutes between you? Can, hello, are you there? Hello, Peter Charman speaking. And um, has the clerk, oh, you're the clerk, sorry, has your, has Councillor Delval, Delval come with you? Delval is here, yes, yes. So you, you do remember that you have five minutes between you? Of course, yeah. Thank you very much. Good afternoon. Um, trying to put this application into context, when it was first presented in 2009, it was for a small, eco-friendly house for downsizing, and this was supported by the Parish Council. In subsequent applications, the house increased in size until this current application, where the new house is larger than the host property, Fryerton, and no longer the small house that was originally supported. On this realisation, and that the new property had a higher roofline than Fryerton, and included a new drive outside of the property boundary, there were many objections, 16 recorded on the planning website, and several others from the village who contacted the parish council. And this is a significant change from the previous planning committee meeting when the committee were led to believe that the application had the full support of the village. This is certainly not the case now, just the opposite. The plans for a nearby property and now the Frighton New Dwelling are sadly changing the character of this hamlet with these two properties positioned at the highest points. This raises the question about the interpretation of UDC policies Gen 1, Gen 2 and H7 which deal with compromising road safety, compatibility of scale, safeguarding visual impact, and enhancement of the particular character of the area. There is a real danger that these approvals may set the precedent. What safeguards are there to prevent the Friarton plot being sold to a developer who may build not one, but two or three houses, especially if the application for a new drive outside the property limits is granted? Parish Council is aware that the plans for this new house have already been approved and that you are probably unable to change that fact. However, the notable addition to this um, application is the request for a drive to the new property to be constructed on farmland which is not owned by the applicants and is outside of the development line and their property boundary. The landowner has placed the sale of her land on for the drive on hold because she is now aware of the concerns expressed by the residents of the local area and the village in general. And she also has concerns over future subsidence issues if any structural change is made to the steep bank which forms the boundary of her land. Parish Council strongly requested a visit to the site by the planning committee in order that members could view Chatterend first-hand. And we were very unhappy that this was withdrawn, having been assured several weeks ago that it would take place. Chatterend is a small and charming hamlet, consisting of a group of country cottages along a hazardous winding lane with very steep banks liable to subsidence and without any form of footpath so that all users are in the open road. There are many access points within a short distance at this point. Drivers need to fully concentrate. This narrow lane also serves a working farm, Farnham Hall Farm, 
which has 40 tonne articulated lorries delivering fertilizers, collecting grain, etc. One of the photographs that we submitted showed a, one such lorry in the road. Finally, a significant hazard of this lane is to be found in the early morning and evening when sunshine blinds drivers and some cars come to a standstill. Thank you. If I may continue, please. Uh, the frequently used public right-of-way, which links the village centre and village hall with Chatterend, Savenend and Farnham Green, will become sandwiched between Fryerton um, and the proposed new drive. This represents not only a hazard to users of this amenity, but also cause some deterioration of the amenity by the loss of some open countryside. Walkers enjoy public rights of way for the open country and open views. The application reduces the pleasure of this amenity, albeit just a short section. Nevertheless, it is a reduction which we should aim at increasing these amenities. The Parish Council detailed its concerns about the proposed new drive and listed a number of hazard, hazards and serious concerns should permission be granted. The applicants wrote an articulate response to the concerns of the Parish Council which they also posted on the planning website, and they attended a parish council meeting to outline why the parish councillors should reverse their decision. However, the parish council had fully discussed the responses prior to the meeting and listened as the applicants reinforced their response. Councillors appreciated the response, but did not feel that the concerns of the parish council had been appropriately addressed, and their concerns remained, as did the parish council objections to the application. Parish councillors realised the applicant's response mostly focused on improving the safety aspect and sightlines from the applicant's point of view, did not reflect the parish council's serious concern about the safety concerns of the community and users of Chattering, which they are also representing. And I'd just like to re-emphasise, we are very disappointed there was no site visit. Thank you, Madam Chair. Thank you very much. Um, now we have the applicants, Mr. and Mrs. King. Uh, Mr. and Mrs. King, do you have 10 minutes, between, up, up to 10 minutes between you? And you need to do, unmute yourself. Thank you. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, councillors. Thank you for the opportunity to speak in support of our application. Since you granted full permission in March this year, we identified the opportunity to change the access arrangements to deliver significant additional benefits, not only to us, but to neighbours, surrounding properties and the wider village. Our proposal creates a new access to the east by widening the existing field entrance and utility service track running north-south alongside Friarton. To improve safety, we would separate vehicles using this track from pedestrians using the footpath. The rural setting is also protected and improved. Despite what you may have heard, you will see that the officer's report confirmed other elements of this scheme are almost identical to the approved scheme. The main changes are that the garage block is flipped as a mirror image and shifted west to allow the revised access. The garage loft space is more usable by providing stairs and light. We don't want to be climbing ladders as we grow older. The revisions address precisely the issues raised by the Parish Council and others on visual impact, road safety and construction traffic. What are these benefits? We are reducing visual impact 
damaging and destroying our wonderful mature roadside beaches, which would need to be largely removed to achieve the sightlines of the approved plan. Neighbours and parish councils have urged us to find a solution to avoid the loss of this Chatterend landmark. Secondly, the house and garage block are better aligned behind Brighton. This significantly improves the views south and east for our immediate neighbours who look on to the site, as well as improve it for more distant neighbours, footpath and road users. The new garage block is on the same site as one of the existing garages, but is centred further west, making it less visible than currently. This existing garage has also a well-used loft space with a separate entrance facing east, so our addition in this application of access and light there into the loft space is consistent with what is there already. The rural setting, ecology, diversity and usability of the footpath are both protected and improved. The drive looks like a larger field access. The 47 metre native hedge will improve a new, ha a new habitat. The drive will protect the footpath from being damaged by vehicles and ag agricultural operations, which have sometimes made it unsightly and difficult to use. The hedge will screen the new low-line drive from the view for more distant neighbours of Chatterend House and Mission Hall Cottage. And note that the banking of the access is already interrupted by the field entrance, and our proposal just widens this between the utility poles and the dog poo bin. Better road safety. To assure, assure your safety, at our request, Essex Highways visited the site to review the safety of our proposals. They didn't just review on paper. They are experts in road and footpath safety, and we have followed all their detailed advice. The officer reports that the highways have raised no issues in the formal consultation. Our new access road is on the outside of the nearby bend, giving it better sight lines than neighbours on the inside of the bend, as most of them are in Chattering. It has significantly better sight lines than our approved scheme with the shared drive. This access will improve the sight lines and safety of walkers at the adjacent footpath entrance too. They can see and be seen more easily as they join the road on the hill and they're now separated from vehicle use of the track. Chatterend Hill is used by walkers to connect between the local footpath and the Harkamlow Way, whose entrance is opposite Fryton Drive. With this new access in place, any additional uh, traffic for the new house, including deliveries, is taken off before Chatterend Hill, and it will, will turn into the new drive before the footpath. The new road access also improves safety by providing an additional informal passing place on Chatterend Road. This avoids vehicles as they do now by pulling in into the narrow footpath entrance or worse, reversing up Chatterend Hill. It also benefits the neighbours opposite at five Chatterend who have a narrow and difficult drive and provides them a safer place for delivery vehicles just opposite their entrance. Better management of construction traffic. We are aware, as residents too, that the residents' recent poor over their recent poor experience of a construction project on the way to Chatterend and 
seriously. Our new 4 meter wide purpose-built drive will allow safe and easy ingress and exit for construction traffic, avoiding construction vehicles blocking or damaging the road. Vehicles will be able to pass on our track and turn on the site of the new house. We believe this will significantly reduce any inconvenience to our neighbours and road users. In conclusion, we will, of course, continue to work constructively with our neighbours and the parish council to implement our plans to the benefit of neighbours and village and least disruption. These proposals bring significant planning benefits and no harms. I urge you to support your officer's recommendation and approve our plans. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you for your precious um, time. I wanted to do three things uh, in as short time as possible. First of all, remind you of the planning considerations. Secondly, to explain where our application perhaps become more controversial in the future. And thirdly, to examine the evidence behind the alleged harms in the written uh, submission. So the key planning consideration, and to quote your officers, the relevant planning consideration is in respect to this application is the suitability proposed changes, primarily the provision of access in the rural character of the area setting for this important and the immediacy of neighbouring offices. Officers also note that the test is whether the potential harm the development might cause significantly and demonstrably outweighs potential positive outcomes for development as a whole. We've heard from Catherine about the benefits. I'll now examine the alleged harms for their evidence. So, um, councillors, you heard from the parish council that they, they claim that our, um, uh, our um, uh, development has, has grown and grown. But this is in a flawed analysis. Why is it in flawed? Well, the uh, written response relies on analysis that contains very basic errors. The, uh, the key of narrative objective of the objection is that our development keeps getting bigger and bigger. And the new house is substantially bigger than the frightened. This revised proposal makes it even bigger. Well, this is, this is incorrect in every way. You only need to look at page one of the Parish Council's written response to see that the dating is, is, is flawed. It says that the footprint of Frighton is 985 square metres, substantially smaller than the proposed house. Well, Frighton is 135 square metres in its footprint. Officers have helpfully confirmed that the footprint of a new house is similar in size and scale to the neighbouring Frighton. Frighton, however, is a four-bedroom two-story house with a substantially reused attic. The new house is a one-and-a-half-story, three-bedroom house with the bedrooms and the eaves substantially uh, small but usable volume. It then adds to this footprint analysis the new double and single garage without including the existing double and single garage on the other side of the comparison, therefore providing a very distorted result. These replaced garages are clearly marked then states that the revised scheme is even bigger than the approved scheme. You'll note that officers have helpfully investigated the claims and concluded that the proposed changes are not considered fundamentally different from the previous approved scheme with the bulk, mass, size and scale are effectively the same. The narrative of the plans are inconsistent with the outline plan is also flawed. The outline plan was for a one and a half story, three bedroom house, three dormer windows facing east with a retained garage. The approved plan was for a one-and-a-half-story, three-bedroom house with three dormer windows facing east with a replacement garage. You'll note that the officer
because we've confirmed that our advised provider is identical to the approved plan. In short, the data and analysis behind the objections are completely flawed and sadly misleading. We can therefore understand why people have become alarmed. Councillors, uh, your officer pointed out that with regards to the dwelling and the proposed changes in part of the application, the uh, proposed changes are fundamentally non-material and the majority of the design has been granted following the previous application. So I'll now turn my attention to the um, development planning issues. But I wanted to demonstrate that the planning uh, parish council's uh, written response would be unwise to be relied on. First of all, increasing traffic. Objectives appear to assert that the change to the access will increase traffic. Well, it's the same house with the same access. Parish council is concerned that when we've gone, the new house may be occupied by a family with children. This might overwhelm the capacity of Chaplain Road. The traffic survey noted the traffic was very light, 120 uh, east-west movements a day, peaking at eight an hour. So rush hour in, tra- in Chatland is a car every seven and a half minutes. Most of the day, so Based on data from the England traffic survey, a busy new family household might cut two percent. Is Chatland Road safe? Reading some objections, you might be concerned. No road is ever safe. However, the traffic in- survey indicates that people drive a section at a cautious speed, about the mean limit of 27. Over the past 21 years of official data, there have been about 12 accidents recorded within the rural roads around Farnham, most, mostly slides and thankfully no fatalities. Most roads have had at least one incident, but none have ever been recorded in Chatterland for 21 years. If this part of Chatterland Road is so unsafe, with access grounds on the inside of the bend, then uh, it is surprising. You'll also be aware that the new access is opposite the very narrow drive in Park Chatterend. This busy household regularly reverses into Chatterend. The record shows that they have done this without incident for over 21 years and we believe quite long. The claim that this is a particularly dangerous piece of work is just not sufficient. As we've set out, our revised proposals further reduce any uh, you need to, you've had more than your time now, so you need to, you need to okay. come to the end. Okay, so uh, we, we need to test whether the, the benefits uh, outweigh the harms, and I think we've, we've shown that there are significant benefits, and the evidence for harms is poor. Thank you very much, Mr. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I, I would mute your. I would mute yourself now. Thank you, because we heard that. Thank you very much. Um, so over to my colleagues on the committee, and it is. Sorry, hang on. Let me just get that through the mat. Um, I. Um, Councillor Reeve. Oh, thank you, Chair. I'm not sure. I'm, yeah, I was the first. I thought very constantly. Um, you just bear with me. I think it was actually Councillor Lacan. Lacan was. Yes, uh, I thought so too. Yes, I don't know why. But it's gone. It's gone funny now. People have come up. Yes. Councillor Lacan. Bit haywire there, Sandy. I'm sorry about that. Yeah. Um, somebody was there. Somebody wasn't. You know. So can I just ask a couple of questions of the officer? Um, I'm just looking at the plan. And it's, there's a property at the back of Brighton, is that correct? We, 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 we 
actually approved something in March, which was property at the back of Frighton. And so this new application is for a new drive rather than share one. I'm looking at the plan here, and I don't seem to be able to see that. Uh, maybe I haven't seen the... Well, I did see the previous one, but he's not showing me that here. Could, could the officer just show me that again? What was previous and what is now the new one, please? And if I can re-screen share facility, I will um, show back on my previous presentation. Please. Thank you very much. So if you can see this. So, right, well, see, that's our existing situation at the moment. Um, this is our proposal to revise garage and the new dwelling. So this is the application that was approved under delegated powers in March of this year, and it's, I don't know if you can see that very well, it's these two. Okay. Okay. So those are the new ones, are they? Uh, they were the, yes, they are, they are the new ones, and this successor scheme that we have here before us today is amendments to that scheme. Okay. But, but can I just, sorry, but Councillor LeConte, that isn't the one that we gave approval to in June 19. It's not? No, it's not. That one, it was March this year, I believe. Right, yes. March. The application, sorry, Chair. Yeah, I was just going to say the application you had at committee, which I believe my colleague Chris Tyler uh, presented, was an outline application for a dwelling. So the plans at the time were indicative only. Yeah. And then we approved something in, in March. Yeah, yeah, the officers did it. The delegated decision, which wasn't. Yes, look, I, I, I've got a proposal, Sandy, but you can leave it to the end as well. But I, I, I'm going to just give my proposal. My proposal for site. Well, no, you don't propose it because if you do, other people wish to speak. Thank you, access from. So there, there's clearly an issue around the access. 
uh, and I think uh, Councillor the Count was probably going to propose this, uh, and he did a half allude to it, which is I think officers would need to, sorry, councillors would need to have a look for themselves so that they could see the difference, because I think it's a very different proposition with the new drive than it was with the old scheme. So I think it might be sensible if we were to undertake a site visit. Thank you very much, Councillor Bagnall. I think yeah, I think we might. I think quite a lot of us might be thinking along those lines. Um, Councillor Pallet now, and then Lachlan. Thank you, Chair. Um, unless I'm very much mistaken, we went and saw this site last yes. year. I recall it very, very well, actually. Yeah, um, um, I have to say, I don't think any of us had any particular concerns. Um, and, I, and I also recall that there seemed to be quite a lot of support for what the applicants were intending to do. Um, and they seem to be, you know, diligent and accommodating. So, from my point of view, the one thing that sticks in my mind as a potential problem is obviously heavy vehicle traffic up and down that road to get to the site for the building. Um, and, you know, perhaps applicants want to discuss with you how that could be mitigated in terms of a, a construction management plan to ease the... The, the, the traffic up and down that road, particularly particularly at rush hour times, maybe an issue. Um, but beyond that, having seen the study, I don't have any particular issues. Um, here we go. Nice, nice. Please hold. Your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Right, thank you very much. Okay, just to give me a thumbs up when we're live. Um, thank you very much. Um, we unfortunately had a bit of a technical failure there, so we are now back again. And what I'm, going to ask, what I'm going to do is ask Councillor Lachlan, as she was speaking, to start her um, speech again, what she was saying, so that we could be we're completely unsure as to where she'd actually got to. So it's only fair that she starts again. So over to you, Councillor Lachlan. Thank you very much.
full planning permission was granted, not by this committee, but under delegated powers this year uh, by officers. We did not see it again at all. Uh, in the original design and access statement, uh, Lucy Carpenter, the applicant's planning consultant, stated that it is proposed to demolish one of the garages on site and erect a one-and-a-half-storey dwelling on part of the rear garden, sharing the existing access with those dwelling. The new dwelling will be constructed for the applicants who wish to downsize and retire in purpose-built accommodation in the village where they are an active part of the local community. Now we have a new planning application, which is entirely different to the one which the committee granted permission for last year. But the access is completely different, which is why I believe to the site, if members are invited to approve this, that a site is, is essential. This time, the planning consultant, Ms. Carpenter, states in the design and access statement that the applicants have progressed with working drawings. These require an increase in the site area and therefore a full application is required. There will be an inclusion of a home office in the roof space of the garage to the new dwelling. The garage block will be moved slightly westward. So it isn't at all right the one we approved, which was, as we mentioned, an eco uh, home uh, for a retirement dwelling. This has an office which doesn't seem to suggest that it's a retirement home. Um, nine residents and neighbours supported the original retirement property for their fellow village. Now, support the application and 16 people object. The parish council also originally supported the application and as you've heard have now raised very strong objections. Farnham, like many small villages, are a close-knit community where strong friendships exist. So people are often reluctant to upset each other. However, this application has caused a lot of controversy. Um, there are photographs of the new access um, at the bottom of the report. I don't know if you saw them. Uh, I see them online. Um, and I, I believe that the um, recommendation for refusal by the officers in the original application is even more relevant now. Um, it is background development. We're not just talking access here. We're talking, as I said, um, it's a linear site. Uh, it's out of keeping with the rest of the area. And this new application makes that even more, um, well, what's the word? Um, well, you will see, if you go, or if you've looked at the plans, you will see it's entirely different to the one that we originally gave um, permission for. And it's misleading um, to say anything else. The village is also unsustainable. Um, it has no shops. It has limited transport. I think there's a couple of buses a week to go to Bishop Stalkford. It has a small primary school that uh, was earmarked for closure that the village is to save it, and they did, but that's no guarantee that it will be saved in the future. So um, that's really what I wanted to say. I will leave it up to members for the rest. Thank you very much. Sorry, I got broken up there. <laughs> Technology. Um, Councillor Bagman. Thanks, Chair. Yeah, so I, I remember visiting this site and there was a lot of support for the type of property that was being proposed. I also remember, and I'll remind uh, fellow committee members, that we had a conversation about the field behind 
and I think there were some concerns that we might be opening the door to further development. So I think the shared access is actually a very important aspect of the, the one that we did approve. If we're now looking at an access in the field next door, I think that's a whole new ballgame. Uh, and I wouldn't want us to approve a different access because I think that opens us up to further development in that field behind. So I think we need to be very careful. Uh, and it is disappointing that a revised scheme was approved without this committee seeing it. Uh, because that's a, a completely different property to the one that we saw in the outline stage. But I think we have to stick with the shared access. If we go against that shared access and allow a separate access across that field, I think we're going to see other applications for development. So I think we need this is a very important decision for us today. Thank you very much, Councillor Bagnall. Um, there's nobody, I, I'm not missing anybody, have I, because of this the trouble it seems to be with my hand All right. Um, can I suggest, because it's important to both, very important to both sides, I will come back to you, Councillor Leconte, um, it's very important to both sides of this application, um, that I think it probably is definitely worth having visiting this site. Um, for us, because it's, it's over a year ago, so we all have memories of visiting it, but I think we should remind ourselves of what the site looks like. It was one of our first visits as well. Um, we have grown as a planning committee, and so I would like to, um, I'm not proposing as yet, because Councillor Conference would like to speak, but I would like to think we could possibly defer you're putting your hands to me to suggest, nod your heads, yes. Okay, um, I would like to propose that we defer this to the next planning committee. Yes. Uh, does that mean to have, have a second? Councillor uh, Lachlan? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Um, Whoever, I don't mind. Yes. Councillor Lachlan, were you going to, were you going to suggest? I would like to say, I second that, certainly. Okay, thank you very much, Councillor Lacombe. So, um, the, the, the proposal is proposed by the Chair, seconded by Councillor Auckland. Oh, was it Auckland or Lacombe? I can't remember. Who was it? Not so much alike, actually. I think it was, I think, uh, I think Indian Councillor Lachlan deferred to Councillor Lacombe, so I've got him down as the seconder. Seconded by Councillor Lacombe. I've got him down seconder. Right, thank you. Um, that this um, item is deferred, this application is deferred till the next planning committee or whichever one Mr. Brown decides to bring it to. So, be, all, sorry, just, just to clarify, it would be the next one. It would be the next one. You're deferring it for a side visit. Yeah. I thought it would probably be the next one. So, deferred to the next um, planning committee. So, all those in favour of this proposal, could we vote on that, please? Um, over to you, Elizabeth. Thank you, Madam Chair. We have uh, we have before the committee a motion that this application be deferred to the next planning committee uh, pending a site visit. If I can now go through the register, please. Councillor Bagnall? Oh. Councillor Cateson? Councillor Cateson? Oh. Thank you. <laughs> Councillor Freeman? 
Councillor LeCount? Or Councillor Lemon? Or Councillor Light? Or Councillor Lochlin? Or Councillor Merrifield? Or Councillor Pavitt? Or Councillor Reeve? Or and Councillor Sutton? Or Thank you, that's a unanimous decision to defer pending a site visit. Thank you very much, um, Mr. And Mrs. Clark. Thank you very much for coming out to all the rest of the speakers. I know some you might not be very particularly happy that it's been deferred today, but I think, to be fair to all of you, it's best that we keep it. So, thank you very much. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Thank you. Good afternoon, Mr. John. Thank you very much. start the next one can I just say I'll leave at this point um, because I'll, we won't conclude in time anyway no no because 23 minutes past yeah. so thank you very much councillor thank Bell. you good thank afternoon you. thank you can I guess David Dine departing at the same time all right thank you very much councillor Katie okay. thank you good afternoon take care bye-bye right so moving on UTT 20-0835, full application, Midden, Top Road, Wimbish. And it's Matt Hanage. Yeah. Thank you, Chair. Thank you. Uh, 
the neighbour is supportive because it's basically at the moment they have a right of way through the neighbour's farm to access the field at the back and this would alleviate that situation um, and therefore it's recommended for uh, approval. Thank you very much Mr Grant. There are no speakers on this so it's opened up to the committee. Councillor Reeve. May I recommend approval? Um, Propose approval. Yes, if nobody else wishes to speak. Well, that's nobody else wishes to speak. Thank you, thank you very much, Councillor Pannett. So, thank you very much, Matt. And um, so, this has been um, for approval, proposed for approval by Councillor Reid and seconded by Councillor Pavitt. Um So, those in favour of approval, and over to you, Elizabeth. Thank you, Madam Chair. The Proposal for before the committee is to approve this application as uh, set out. If I can now set call the register, please, uh, Councillor Freeman. Uh, four. Councillor LeCount. Four. Councillor Lemon. Four. Councillor Light. Four. Councillor Lachlan. Four. Councillor Merrifield. Four. Councillor Pavitt. Councillor Reeve. Four. Councillor Sutton. Four. That's approved unanimously, Madam Chair. Thank you very much. Thank you. So, on to item 10. This is UTT 201711 HHF at Rowans, Ashton Road, Saffron Walden. And this is Maria Shoesmith. And thank you. And I believe Councillor Freeman, you will be. And um, at the Chairman's discretion, I will be allowing Councillor Freeman to speak on this. Thank you very much. Um, over to you, Maria. Thank you, Chair. The applications for Rona, Romans in Ashton Road in Saffron Warden. The application has been called in um, before the planning committee. Hey, are you meant to share your screen? Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> you've jumped you've jumped jumped to stage <laughs> i have a habit of doing this <laughs> okay so the application's being called in for consideration um the application site um is located here um just for um noting the application site sits outside the seven water conservation area however the conservation area boundary runs along here and along the uh, western boundary of the application site so the neighboring properties are in but the site itself is out and is adjacent to the um, conservation itself um, nonetheless, the applications for a single-storey front extension to extend the uh, kitchen uh, within the dwelling itself. So that's the current elevations of the site. Um, and this is what is proposed to the front of the site itself, enlarging the, the kitchen uh, into a kitchen dining area. Um, as part of the application... Um, Conservation officers were consulted, um, of which they had initially raised concerns 
uh, regarding the scheme and the impact upon the uh, adjacent conservation area. As a result, um, the scheme has amended its Revised plans have been amended, uh, have been submitted, um, showing amendments to the fenestration of the scheme, um, of which uh, the conservation officers have withdrawn their objections. It should be noted that town council have also objected to the scheme uh, with regards to its positioning and siting on the site. In terms of its locality, um, this is the front of the property and this being Ashton Road. The site is at a raised elevated position. It's proposed the extension will be located here. Uh, this is another view of the site. As part of the scheme it's proposed that um, the front boundary and its landscaping would be retained. Uh, this is another elevation of the front of the site a bit further back. Um, with regards to the neighbouring property uh, located here, there is a front garage in a similar front position of which that was a uh, material consideration as part of the assessment of the application as well. Um, this gives you uh, an idea of where the site is. The site is slightly forward, however, um, it, it is located um, within the front of the um, of the site here. Um, as you can see, there are other outbuildings um, to the front of the property building line, um, as can be seen from the plan here. As a result, um, and with conservation withdrawing their objections, um, the scheme has been recommended for approval subject to the conditions outlined within the report. Thank you, Chair. Thank you very much, Maria. Um, so, we now have two speakers. Um, for this, so I will ask Councillor Freeman to speak first, and then we will have Mr. Ward after as the applicant. So, Councillor Freeman. Yes. <coughs> Thank you, Madam Chairman. Um, this is an example of the uh, drawbacks of not having an in-house conservation officer. Of course, if you have an in-house conservation officer, as we used to have. Uh, you can wander along to them and talk to them and uh, discuss matters. We don't do that now. We buy it by the yard from a firm called Place Services. And that's fine, except they don't live inside Oxford District Council. Uh, and I would refer uh, councillors to page 126 of the officer's report, uh, section 9, which is consultations. Uh, and the Place services officer, the same officer in both cases, wrote two letters on this. The first one was dated the 4th of August, and that is a matter of record. It's on our list of documents pertaining to this application. Uh, and uh, 9.1, uh, building affected by this application, not listed, however, is located immediately adjacent to the Saffron Ward conservation area. Boundary is located along the western boundary of the property's plot and along Ashton Road to the south. It's 9.1. That's the conservation officer, the hired conservation officer. 9.2. The proposed extension will be visible from the street scene within the Saffron Water Conservation Area and from the common. The properties along Ashton Road have afforded setback plot positions, which preserves the expansive nature of the common and open space of great quality. 
the existing building bowens already projects from the building line of the populous Long Ashton Road. Adding an extension will further diminish the open and verdant character of the streetscape. The level of harm is considered to be low, however. To be low, however, the cumulative development of other similar additions would intrinsically would be intrinsically more harmful. It goes on top of page one two seven. Therefore, the proposed would set a precedent to cause further potential harm. To conclude, I am unable to support the application. The level of harm is considered to be less than substantial in line with paragraph 196 of the National Planning Policy Framework 2019 and at the low end of the scale. The proposal is deemed discordant with the setting of the Saffron Warden Conservation Area. That's uh, fairly clear and standalone, and on that basis, the Saffron Warden Town Council, the Planning Committee, uh, objected to this, and they continue to object because uh, the planning officer was then, the, the, the conservation officer was then approached again, uh, and I'm not allowed to approach the conservation officer because you have to pay them by the yard. Every time you contact them, you have to pay them, uh, and uh, that's the district council's job, the officer's job, uh, and so. Sometimes in planning, you ask a question uh, and you get an answer, a very good answer, to another question. It happens all the time. And this is an example of it. Of course, the second opinion from the same planning officer answers an entirely different question. Uh, the entirely different question related not to the building line. The building line is an imaginary line, as I'm sure we all know, beyond which you don't extend the building. It's not massively observed nowadays. It was observed more about 10 years ago. But the common is the principal um, public open space in Saffron Warden. Uh, and the thing about conservation areas is if you allow them to be eroded, soon you haven't got anything, you may as well not have one. And so we jealously guard these, which I'm sure you will understand and appreciate, colleagues. Um, so if you now go to the presentation, uh, I don't know if the officers are able, if Maria, you're actually able to share this with us. Uh, on the presentation that we were sent as members, um, if you go to slide number 62, which you shared with us just now, please. Uh, that's it. Yeah, fine. So you see the, um, the edge of the property uh, is clearly visible. And then there's a sort of shelf uh, which extends on the left-hand side is Ashton Road and the common is immediately beyond it. Now, this building was consented in 1976, and it was already in advance of the building line when it was consented. But in 1976, maybe things were entirely different. You know, it's now 45 years later. So the extension, which is a modest extension, it's nothing very grand, uh, is the first floor extension extended behind that Bowen tree, basically. Uh, and if you go to the next slide, please, Maria. Uh, yeah, excellent, fine, thank you. Uh, you can see there's a, a substantial retaining wall. In fact, it's the boundary of the old abbey, which used to be along there, I'm told. And there's a red car and a garage to the right. And it would be where there's the fir tree, more or less. Um, so if we go two slides further on, slide number 65, if you can. The justification is, you can see there's a garage with a sort of pyramid-shaped roof. Uh, and that is definitely in front of the building line. And so that's the argument that's being used to say, well, you know, they've broken the building line already. But it's a garage. It's not a dwelling. And it probably wouldn't get consent to be a dwelling. 
And I don't think you have slides um, further down. Yes, okay. If you now go to number 67, please. Thank you. On the extreme right, bottom right, where it says Ashton Road, above that, there's a pyramid shape. And that is actually um, a garage, again a garage, for what I think is called mm -hmm. pyramid house. And conclude in 15 seconds because you've had your five minutes. Okay, I'm sorry about that then. So basically, it's about building line. The the basis upon which the um, officer, the planning of the the, the uh, place services officer would do their, their their objection was based upon windows. This has got nothing to do with windows. This is to do with building line. Thank you, Madam Chairman. Thank you very much, Councillor Freeman. I shall now leave. All right. Well, you can you can stay and you can stay and listen to. I'll, I'll, I'll switch off my video. And and your and go mute. Thank you. Yeah, you can still. Yeah. Thank you. Um. Lord. The applicant. No. Good afternoon. Can you hear me? Okay. No, Mr. Ward. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Thank you very much for the opportunity to uh, have a few words today. Um, and I wanted really to clarify a few issues. Um which Councillor Freeman has just raised, actually. Um, we have lived at this property for 32 years, and we want to extend our kitchen to a very small extension. Um, and we find it very difficult now because we have a small kitchen. We need a table where we can eat, um, more than have to go to the lounge. We recently had a visit from the conservation officer, um, and he had not appreciated, when he uh, did the original letter, which is on the, the council website, that there's in fact a large wall in front of our garden. Um, and when I spoke to also to the Sapmore Town Council, who did raise an additional objection, uh, I spoke to um, Chloe Fiddy. She hadn't realised uh, that there was a wall in front of our house as well, because there are five other properties actually very close to us, um, all who have properties that are not behind high walls, uh, which actually front direct onto Ashton Road. Ours does not behind high wall and is elevated above the property. And what I think Councillor Freeman has not said is there's also a, a bungalow about four um, properties down from ours, which you can probably see from the plan, from the uh, map, which is for some reason not uh, actually on the council plan. I don't know why. That is not just a garage. It is actually a building. It is actually a, 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 an extension on part of a big white bungalow called Wessex. Um, and that was allowed uh, some, some years ago. Not many years ago, actually. Um, and that is visible from the common. Our property is just the very tip, the apex of the roof is visible from the uh, property, from, sorry, from the common. And it's not visible from the road at all because our property is too high. So, just to, to reiterate that then, uh, from the original letter, which the, um, the conservation officer came around and he spoke to, spoke to me, he came for a visit, and he said he hadn't realised that there were lots of properties. Um, the buildings onto the building line and had not got walls in front of them. Uh, if you look on the common, you, you can hardly see our property anyway because there's, there's a tree line uh, and also there's a wall in front of our property, which is an ancient wall, which was which, uh, part of the wall of the nunnery. Uh, and we can't do anything about that. We don't want to. It's very attractive. So just to reiterate, um, the proposed small extension um, is, an, is not in front of the building line. There's five properties, that uh, one including a lived-in bungalow in front of our property and actually direct on the road, onto the road, Ashton Road, without a wall in front of it. Um, and uh, the, I'm not sure why that isn't on the plan, but it is there, you can go and have a look. The extension will be behind a high wall and in front of our property and therefore would not be open to the common. It would not 
Um, there are other buildings both within and outside the conservation zone, and others not in the conservation area. On Ashton Road, you're directly onto the road um, with some, uh, some with water, many with not water. And we had no respect to our neighbours, we had no objection from neighbours whatsoever. And as far as I can see, um, it, it should be you know, the, 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 the planning people and the place services have now agreed with us and they've had a visit, which they haven't when they wrote that original letter. So I, I personally think there can be no reason why we shouldn't go in. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you very much. Um, just for the benefits of those listening, Councillor Freeman will not take part in this discussion or vote on this appli application at all. Thank you very much. Um, Councillor Light. Thank you, Chair. Um, just firstly, a declaration of interest. I am um, on the Town Council, but it is not my ward. I'm in a completely different ward, but uh, just uh, just to note that I'm also not on the Planning Committee on Southwold and Town Council, so um, I don't believe I have any um, specific interest in this issue, uh, in this application. Um, I've just got a few points to make. Uh, the first point I'd like to make is that... Um, I don't see that it would, this extension would actually intrude visually or even physically onto the common. Uh, for example, opposite, directly opposite, at the other end of the common, the mission was recently granted, probably a year or two ago, to build at least around 10 houses, which were built on that side of the common where the ex-police uh, station was. And that's much more intrusive. And actually, many of these have not been sold. Um, that's, that's another point. So, so we are looking at a very modest extension um, to facilitate and to make um, the house more comfortable longer term for a family. As um, has been said, as Mr. Ward has said, it is actually behind a wall, behind greenery, and that greenery, I'm sure, Mr. Ward will remain. Uh, so this, house, this extension will not impact in any way on the historic nature of the common. In fact, another point to note is that new footpaths have actually been constructed across the common, and surely these are much more intrusive and uh, detrimental to the nature of the common than a very modest uh, extension behind a wall or behind greenery. So, as, the, uh, as has been explained, the conservation officer sees no reason. It is out of the conversation, uh, conservation area. It does not impact on the common. It will not be seen. I can really see no reason for the refusal for this extension. And I propose that we accept... Councillor Light, now. we do not... I know this is only your second time on the planning committee. We do not go for a proposal like this when there's other people wanting to speak. So, please, okay? Thank you. Let's let other people speak first. Thank well, you. I haven't seen that there were any hands raised. Well, I'm, I'm the chair, so please. Thank you. Councillor Webber. Thank you. Yes, just uh, um, thank you for pointing out that, you know, we don't make proposals till everybody's finished. But, uh, that's good. I actually agree with Councillor Light on this one. But my main question was for, for Mr. Brown. Um, Councillor Freeman seemed to not be happy with our conservation um, officer. Um, now, what I was going to ask uh, Mr. Brown, uh, I think at one point Councillor um, Freeman said that he doesn't even live in Upper, 
Thank you very much, Mr. Ward. Um, thank you very much indeed. I'll go now. Yes, thank you very much. Good afternoon. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Councillor Freeman, turn now. Um, thank you. Councillor Freeman has returned to the meeting now. Um, so, moving on to agenda item 11, UTT 2022284HHF 17 Spring Hill Road, Saffron and it's you, Maria. Again, thank you very much. Remember the start to share my screen. <laughs> thank <laughs> you, Chair. Just a quick look, just, just to say, just in case. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, the application is for 17 Spring Hill Road in Saffron Warden. The application site is located here. The scheme is for um, a number of improvements to the actual property itself. Um, this is, um, I don't know if you can actually see it, so it's probably best that I zoom in. Maybe not that much. <laughs> okay, so um, this is a, a chalet style bungalow, which um, unfortunately needs a little bit of work doing into it. As part of the scheme, what they are proposing is um, a, a revised normal window layout to the re-elevation. Uh, a single storey uh, rear extension to the rear of the property and amendments to the side extension. I'll show you in a bit more detail here. So, as you can see from uh, this elevation, the, um, the gable will be retained with an additional side uh, wing element to enlarge the roof accommodation um, within the loft space. To the rear of the property, uh, single-storey rear extension, which would be attached to an existing side extension on the property. There will be a, an open um, veranda uh, structure as an extension to the single storeys as well to allow for open air seating area. Um, in terms of the elevations of the property... Uh, this is the bungalow in itself, and you can see the um, existing side extension uh, on the property in itself. Uh, this is the re-elevation, so it's the dormer windows will be constructed within this roof space, still retaining the uh, gable. Uh, the rear extension located part of the rear elevation with an open element here. And the uh, roof element will be improved with uh, more modern uh, use of materials, um, which would um, obviously give it uh, more longevity in terms of its um, lifespan going forward. As a result, uh, no objections were raised. Um, the scheme is therefore recommended for approval, subject to conditions and outline within the report. Thank you, Chair. Thank you very much, Maria. Um, there are no. No, there are no. Yes, uh, there's, there's yes, I do see it. There was no speakers. Sorry. Yeah. Councillor Leconte and then Light and then Reeve. Thank you. How to unmute yourself, Councillor Leconte. Oh, I'm sorry. That's okay. Thank you very much. Um, just one question. Can I look at that back view again? Where, where the. Where the uh, dormers are. Is there going to be three instead of one? Uh, it will be one enlarged dormer to 
Limited Rare. So if I please provide you with the elevation. So the apex would uh, remain, and where the eaves are to the gable end, these would, uh, the whole roof would be brought out further forward, uh, still all in line within within the uh, boundaries of the gable um, flank wall. Um, so it effectively creates almost like a, a first floor extension, but within the roof slope, um, utilising the, the roof space there. It will be quite low level. Uh, if, based on the, the size and scale of the roof slope that's there at the moment. Um, something similar could be done under permitted development uh, on the roof uh, elevations. Um, also, uh, possibly the rear extension could have been um, similarly extended under the permitted development. I don't know the, um, whether the permitted development rights are intact on the property, um, but uh, the, the application has been brought forward to the committee uh, because um, the applicant is a member of staff. Thank you, Madam Chair. I've got no questions. Okay, thank you. Um, Councillor Light. Thank you, Chair. Um, just to note that uh, I'm the ward councillor there, and um, so I suppose I declare an interest in this. Uh, and just to say that I have no objections and I have received uh, no objections or any comments or complaints from any of the neighbours. Thank you very much, Councillor Light. Councillor Reeve. Thank you. I don't have any uh, objections, but just, I don't think, but a question. Uh, on one of the plans, it looked as though the, there were things at the side, but was that decking or I don't know what? Because I was just worried that it was impacting on the neighbouring properties a bit, but I couldn't quite understand if there was anything going sideways. Side here, um, I believe that's um, a decking stroke terracing area. I don't think the actual ground levels will be changing um, as part of the scheme. Um, that has, hasn't been stated within this, um, the application itself. Okay, no problem then. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Nobody else, so we need council Yeah, I just, as, as there's nobody else speaking, I would like to propose approval for this application. Thank you. Okay, uh, I need a little blue time, please, to, for a second. Can I have, we have uh, anybody? Council Light, would you like to, you need to say yes, I need to, we need to hear you for this thing. Yes, I'm happy to second that. Thank you very much, Council Light. Thank you. So we have a proposal to approve this application proposed by Councillor Lemon, 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 sorry, seconded by Councillor Light um, to approve. So all those in favour, if you would like to vote, or um, to you, Elizabeth. Thank you, Madam Chair. Uh, last time of asking for the month, um, the motion before the committee is to approve the application in respect of 17 Springville Road, Saffron Walden, as asked. I will now call for register. Councillor Freeman? Four. Councillor LeCount? Four. Councillor Lemon? Four. Councillor Light? Four. Councillor Lachlan? Four. Councillor Merrifield? Four. 
Councillor Pavitt. Councillor Reeve. Four. And Councillor Stora. So, sorry, Councillor Sutton. I'm so sorry. Four. Easy, easily done. He's still, he's still going to be missed. Yes, I think we're all going to miss him for a very long time. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Yeah. He was a good person. Um, approved unanimously. Thank you very much. So, thank you very much, everybody. The next planning committee meeting, and Nigel, could you just confirm for me the date? Will be Wednesday the 18th of November, with site visits on the 16th. We know we've definitely got site visits now, but there will, I'm sure there will be other ones as well. So that'll be the 16th. Does that put them site visits in the morning, like usual, and then? Yeah, it's, I think we've got to run. We've got to, yeah, we've got a packed room now. We've got site visits Monday morning. I know it's a bizarre way to start week, but okay. yeah, Monday morning, and then, and then, and then the revised briefing on the afternoon of the sixteenth. Okay. I would just like to say that we have decided, um, really, that we would, the, the planning committee meetings will start at ten o'clock now, until. Until after COVID, um, and then we'll review. We will review it, and then whenever we get, whenever we looks like, whenever we can, like we're coming off Zoom, hopefully, please give us me. Yes, but yeah, but from ten o'clock, because I think it, it does give us slightly more flexibility and less less tiring for everybody, so, um, and, str and less stressful as well. So thank you very much, everybody, and thank you to if anybody is still listening. So thank you, and thank you to all the officers today. Yes, thank you very much. Thank you, Sandy. Thank you. Bye. 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 B